This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We have three guests here welcoming to the studio. And they are in town for a show. The Randy Gardner story. We would like to welcome... Randy Gardner, Dorothy Hamill, and Ty Babylonian to our show. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning and happy birthday. Happy Thank birthday. You. Yes. Thank you very much. And I apologize, Ty, because I was in a hurry and I accidentally called you Tina Babalina. <laughs> I heard that. Earlier. Yeah. Yeah. You got it right. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Our birthday Thank cake you. is very impressive. Oh, yeah. look at your birthday so cool. cake. You did yes. good. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, so, well, listen, let's let's talk about, let, let's bring people who may not be up to speed with the world of skating, who everybody is, mm-hmm. and the history that they've had in this amazing sport, which is, by the way, is really been hitting the spotlight more. I know it's a less than flattering film, but I, Tanya is out, and that's kind of piqued more interest in, in the world of competitive ice skating. Uh, but let's start with uh, with Dorothy. Dorothy is a, a gold medal champion uh, from uh, 1976 is when you won the gold medal. Yes, Correct. a long time ago. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember vividly watching yes, you on yeah. television. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm 50 years old, for Christ's sake. <laughs> I, yeah, I remember yeah. these things. <laughs> 11 years on you, so you're a little <laughs> tiny thing then. <laughs> and then, uh, Randy, to tell tell the story of you two and, uh, and, and your history in skating. Yeah, well, Ty Babylonia and myself, we were uh, U.S. pair champions, world pair champions from the U.S., obviously, and um, two-time Olympians. And it, during Dorothy's time, and went a little bit later, too, so 70s into the 80s, and then had a professional skate we toured we were in philadelphia a lot with ice capades the spectrum and, yeah spectrum. yes yes absolutely Where is, is still it, no it's gone, it's gone. yeah, yeah. We yeah. love the spectrum yeah yeah um so and ice capades uh this is for this is post uh competitive and this is where you make your money and your living in uh, in the world of skating and how long did you do ice capades for oh my god from 81 81 until 83 and then we toured with Dorothy in, on fe- in Festival on Ice okay. endlessly, and you know. I remember seeing all we did was tour ice capades. Years it used to be you'd see it advertised all the time. It, it was it was a big deal, but I, this should be encouraging to all of you. We just had a, a meeting with Xfinity and you know, Comcast, and the focus right. of this Olympics coming up. So much of it has to do with the way they're co- be able, being able to cover the individuals with. The um, competitive uh, figure skating and all that stuff. There's a real focus on the backstories and so on and so forth. And I think that's always something that's distinguished this sport. Mm -hmm. I think this was one of the first sports that really did... Um, uh, uh, you know, build a foundation on learning about the individuals and the right. pairs. Personality. Yeah, and that's well, really what drove it initially. Yeah. Exactly. I yeah. think, like, especially Dorothy, she was America's, one of the biggest... Sweetheart. American, exactly, yeah, America's was. sweetheart. It and was, she shakes yeah, her head. February 14th. And that's that sweet. Valentine's yeah, Day. and okay. <laughs> you, you followed her, you knew about her, it was appointment television, mm-hmm. which I think was so important in those days, and that's that's why. And we only, we only had happened. three big networks, so we didn't have yeah. all the... Focus in on wide world of sports. Yeah, you know it's 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 weird too because they they, and we were talking again to to them and they said the big thing this time around is that the competitors are are being able to pick um, their their music selections, contemporary music selections as well, with lyrics and vocals. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. much different, much different. And the Russians have been banned. Yes. For blood doping. <laughs> yeah. Which is weird, though, because there's still going to be Russian athletes in attendance, just not under the Russian flag. Right. They have to right. They have to have independent 
um, doping control, and if they pass, then they're allowed to apply individually. In, right. in your time in the, in the Olympics, when you were uh, Olympians, uh, was there any testing of any form done back then? Well, urine, this is actually testing. in the show that okay. we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. There's a drug doping thing, and um, they got really the 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 culmination was in Sochi four years ago. Uh-huh. They really got caught. They were passing. Through tainted samples and passing back clean samples. Through the wall. Through a hole in the wall. Yeah, so they finally got caught. In our day, there was drug doping and testing, but it wasn't as sophisticated. And they knew when to, you know, still the doping is ahead of the. Yeah, the cheating's ahead of the testing. The cheating's ahead of the testing, even now, but. There's, it's more uh, sophisticated yeah, now than they're getting. They're then. getting caught. They're getting caught. And, and speaking of the show, so this is um, this is exclusively your story, or is um, it? it? It's it, it. The answer is yes and no. Okay. My two girls here, yeah. they're very involved. <laughs> yeah. hater girl. It, it's like a one man show with three people. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's based on my memoirs and my life. But okay, they're they're absolutely integrated into the. Story in the show. The, the, we we are perpetually fascinated with the the Olympics. I, I I don't know, and we I I tend to be more fascinated with the the Winter Olympics. I, I think just for some reason I don't know. I, you're you're more inclined to be home and watching. I think, right. and, and uh, um, but there's you know now com- talking about you know ex- getting behind the uh, the the people and finding the personalities. Um, you know, is that is that a double-edged sword for an athlete? You're looking to compete, like, like for example, Dorothy being labeled America's sweetheart and all that stuff that goes into selling it. Is, is that some of the necessary stuff about promoting the sport as well so everything comes along? There's collateral a- effects to everything. I think so. I mean, we were amateurs in those days, so I think the, the story, and we did all those figures. Yes. It was all training. We only had three competitions a year. Now, these skaters have so many competitions. They're all professionals. Right. So um, they really are in this fishbowl, and they can't do anything wrong. I was by far not, you know, not a perfect <laughs> child. Right. Well, um, they have agents and managers. Yeah. We had our parents and our coaches. And that was that it. That was it. And yeah. we, we weren't allowed to accept money. So, like she said, we were true amateurs. They're getting paid. So, now to compete. Yeah, so they could make, you know, they could really show what the what our lives were like, you know, which were pretty simple. Nowadays, it's all so, the, the skaters are also busy doing endorsements and practicing and competitions. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a little more difficult a to little more difficult see now. what the personalities are. Yeah, really. Yeah, I though, though so. you have more cameras and more tech trained at you, finding out who the real person is might be more of an issue. Uh, yes. Dorothy, you'd mentioned figures. Figure. Oh, Didn't, yeah. there used to be, actual figure skating correct that was part that you were judged on figure eights and circles and things like that right yes exactly and they took about five hours a day to practice yeah and then we only had a couple hours to you know to do the free skating which is now what it's all about yeah did you guys know that yes yeah Yeah, i didn't know that hence the name that was awesome you guys yeah no everyone in harmony randy's show is also titled go figure yeah right so um there's a little bit to do with the the lack of figures and um, okay it's a little of everything yeah. it's so it's so interesting and it, it's you know I I take my hat off to my partner because he really it's raw and he just puts it all out there this it's is a stupid question a is yeah. there ice in this show ice no. no 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 ice no skates it's a legit play it's a play okay I wasn't sure yeah. when's the last time you all have uh, have put skates on mm. Monday a week, a week okay ago yeah, Monday. we're on oh, really? the ice in um. 
Delaware. Riverfront. Riverfront. Outdoor. Gorgeous. Okay. Gorgeous. Well, Preston brought up um, I, Tanya, which is obviously, you know, it's, it's sparked, a, you know, sort of a, a revisiting of, of, of that time. Have you mm-hmm. have you seen it? And if so, what did you think of it? I've seen Dorothy. it. Okay. Yeah. Well, we've discussed it a little bit. I don't think, have either of you seen it? I, I haven't, haven't seen, seen it. it. No. no. Um, we all lived it. Yeah. So, um... It's hard to be objective because <laughs> yeah. I know everybody says it's a great movie. It's, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, Blades of Glory meets, <laughs> meets uh, what's the, the uh, best show? Let, let me ask you. Let me ask you. On Blades of Glory, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. It's a, it's a, I love me Blades too. of Glory. That's yeah. so cool. I great lo- We loved it. it I would imagine well, you had It was yeah. so well done. Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. So, uh, Dorothy, what, what, at that time, what were you doing with uh, with skating? Were you uh, directly involved? Are you directly involved? Then yeah. I was. Um, I broke my rib skating in a show we had, Cinderella, mm-hmm. and so I got to see all of it. I was being actually interviewed by the Sports Illustrated fellow, Steve Wolf, who's very well known, and it came across his. We were in I don't know Maryland, someplace. It came across on his desk, The Wire, and about uh, Nancy Kerrigan being hit yeah. by a club, and we didn't know. So I had a broken rib, and I was able to follow every every second <laughs> of it. And I knew Tanya. We've all known Tanya. And yeah, and Nancy. So, and Nancy. So it was fascinating to actually know and see through the skating world. And But got, movies always ha- always have to. There, there always has to be. There's just the nature of the art and things that have to be manipulated. Yeah. And the actual essence of the skating itself and the depiction of practice and so on and so forth, accurate, uh, embellished what do you what do you think um well the skating was it was it was great how yeah. they how they morphed you know the faces into the whoever the skater i think there were a couple of skaters that did the jumps yeah but right. it did Stand look like doubles. margot robbie and she's terrific and yeah. I, I had i watched an interview with the <clears throat> with margot robbie talking about um trying to get somebody to do the triple axel and because they didn't want to do CGI stuff they want to have somebody really do it right. they couldn't find anybody that could actually oh my god land do it. Yeah. that's how hard, hard. it is wow. and so they had to CGI that in because there's like two people in the world that can do it and they didn't want to do it because you could potentially risk injury when they're preparing for competition. And yeah, stuff like yeah. That. So right. exactly. it's that yeah. hard. It's a it tough is. one. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to give that to Tanya because she, you know, she nailed that jump. She and, did. And so, so made is that, history. Is that sort of, I mean, and part of a show like this, and you say, you know, being very candid and exposing everything, you know, and, which makes it more fascinating. Uh, we just always assume there was a lot of drama. At the level we're assuming, are we assuming, are we missing it? Are we under-assuming or over-assuming that this is just a sport and, and a whole experience <laughs> that's just replete with uh, all sorts of drama and stuff going on? Uh, go ahead. Somebody. That's a good one. <laughs> it's, it's, it always seems like every year there's there's always something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unpredictable you know you just never know i mean the whole tanya nancy thing just it means turned it upside down and i think people want more of that but that you know that was just a fluke just a fluke fluke thing and the crazy thing is she would have she probably would have won she would have done fine anyway yeah Yeah. you know she just i don't know just overly hungry for that for (laughs) yeah you know just to make sure just to 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 hedge your bets yeah Yeah. Yeah. if if you're just joining us we have dorothy hamill randy gardner and uh ty babylonia who are here and it's the randy i got it right and the the randy gardner stories randy you know the the women are the big stars of the show Mm -hmm. of of figure skating of ice skating they're the men dominate other sports olympic or professional whatever what's it like being a man 
coming up in that in that world in that sport. Well, I did it in pair skating for the most part, mm-hmm. and so I, it was lovely because I was able to um, ride on the coattails of the female skating partner in a lot of it. You know. Um, uh, but it's always like, you know, as we know, the female skaters, Michelle Kwan, Dorothy Hamill, Peggy yeah. Fleming, mm-hmm. it goes on and on. But I think because I think America might, you know, embrace that skating star more than we've had Evan Lysacek. We've had some great we have some great people now. Adam Rapon, great male skaters. But I guess it's just that American public can latch on to that female American sweetheart. OK. Yeah. And can you explain to me the difference between ice dancing and uh, pairs figure skating? Yeah, um, the the main difference is in ice dancing. They're not the boys aren't allowed to lift the girls over their head. Okay, and oh. and throw their partners, and that's what we and did. They don't do jumps and spins. Yeah. Oh, well, really? they do spin. They okay. What well, solo spins? Kind of spin. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. No side by side. But jumps. ice dancing is probably one of the most progressive uh, aspects of figure skating. Now it's progressed so much, and it's so interesting. Yeah, people, it's getting great ratings. Beautiful. It's really beautiful. Is it? Yeah, to it's, watch. it's catching. It's, yeah, it's, it's pretty it's catching wild. On. How oh, fast yeah. are they moving on the ice? Ah, good question. <laughs> oh, oh. Randy <laughs> talks about that show. We don't, we don't break nine miles per hour. There you go. <laughs> and it's delivered just like that. <laughs> yeah, just, it's true. Except for Brian Boitano. Nine miles per hour. <laughs> Except Brian Boitano once claimed he hit 11.2 miles per hour. We're not quite sure how he came up with those numbers. But <laughs> it, it seems like it's faster than that. It, it does seem like it. Like I mean, Stephen mentioned winter, winter Olympics being uh, the more compelling. I, I agree, and I think a lot of it is because of speed and danger. Uh, you guys are moving a lot faster than most things you see in yeah, summer. Think Olympics. about yeah. like the bobsledding and the yeah, the downhill skiing is great. What's the one where you're 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 losing face forward? The skull, the skeleton. Oh skeleton. That's yeah. skeleton. crazy. Forget crazy, that crap. Crazy, no wacky. thanks. Yeah, yeah no thanks. <laughs> no <laughs> thanks. I wanted to to ask you. You know, from for years of watching uh, the the uh, figure skating and sports and the Olympics. And then you you know they, there'd always be those judges where it's like you rad bastards I, you know <laughs> yeah. like like yeah. and you'd see something that would just blow you away and I'm like I'm as as profoundly as we feel it how do you guys out on the ice contain your you rat bastard. It's fine. <laughs> it's lovely. We're yeah. happy. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Right. You know you don't even you, it's 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 kind of out of your hands and you just go out and do the best that you can. Yeah. Do and the rest is. You know, God bless the, you, because I couldn't. Yeah. I'd, 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 yeah. I'd take the skate off and throw it at him. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, it. But there's your drama. There's your drama. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. was, drama. that was part of the, the, the complaint from, from Tanya Harding was that no matter how great she did, because she you know came from the wrong side of the tracks, uh, she was judged differently. Yeah, I don't think that's... She I didn't don't have the that. style that Nancy or even Oksana Bayul had. Right. But she had the athleticism. Yeah. And, the the know, grace, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. she didn't come as much from the other side of the tracks as the movie, I think, was led to be. Oh, yeah. Um, but because they all, I mean, Nancy didn't come from a wealthy family. None of us did. No. Yeah. So, and it was the Cold War when we were competing. So yeah. it was, you know, very much, um, you know, the Russians had everything and the Soviets. I mean, then the East Germans, they had everything paid for. That was the, right. ba- that it's always used right. to piss me off watching it and knowing that they were, they were basically professional athletes. Absolutely. The, and Absolutely. our thing would always be, and I always say, well, ours are, our athletes are amateurs. Right. So, uh, you know, and yeah. they're doing this well. Yeah. But mm-hmm. eventually it all, it all went. 
Well, look where it Bait, is. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Although the hockey team's going back to uh, amateurs, which is yeah. uh, going to be interesting. To oh, see. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Russian yeah. hockey? Really? No, no, no the no, Americans. Oh, yeah. oh, wow. All, all, all Canadian. Oh, yeah. Whoa. No, everybody. So it'll be amateurs, and it'll be interesting because the NHL is going to be competing with uh, Olympic hockey for the first time in a long time. Yeah. When did this happen? This year, this yes, season. Yeah. So yeah. the NHL oh uh, PA God. decided um, to vote against sending their athletes to. Uh, the winter games and, and an effort to protect that. their players a little bit, yeah. So the hockey players in the Olympics will be true amateurs? Correct. Mm-hmm. I got gotcha. you. Right yeah. on. Wow. Uh, Ty, you mentioned uh, about uh, lifting above the head and, and uh, you know, throwing and jumping and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And you, So you get thrown around a lot as a... Uh, well, I did. As a back pairs. then. Yeah, yeah. Back then, yes. We're, we're, how do you practice that without getting hurt? You know, without we're, well, we're, it, just, gonna... it takes lots of practice, and and Randy and I would you learn all the tricks, most of the tricks on the floor first. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Before so you try just, it on a on, right, all right, and that's just that's the nature of pair skating. You yeah. know, either you're in it or you're or don't be a pair skater. Well, there's padding too, and now there's harnesses that you can yeah take the girl in and throw them. They do that with. Single jump or single skaters. That's how they did Blades of Glory, by the way. They had them in the these, these, <laughs> yeah, and, and they right. CGI them out. Oh, yeah. 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 Flying harness. Wait, yeah. so so single skaters can do that? They can get the harness on and yeah. try these and learn, learn, the, learn the triple axle. Yeah. Yeah. Dorothy, if you would have had yeah. that. I know. Yeah. She would have had a quad. You would have had a quad. Yes, of course. <laughs> sure I would. Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, well, this is great. We're, we're happy that the, the show is in our area. And um, is yeah. this, are you guys, is it traveling, touring all around the country with this? Well, we've done. Few dates before this out yeah. in Los Angeles, and we're looking at some other stuff after okay. this. Yeah. You have to come see. Are you guys yeah. going to come see? Uh, 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 actually, we'd love to if it, it falls into this, this schedule. It's yeah. very cool. Yeah. It's, we're all it's a great show. His Sunday. life is pretty shocking in some ways. Well, also the fact that we're, we're leading up to the uh, to the uh, Winter Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's sort of a, a, a good, yeah, primer. Couple yeah. of weeks. And, uh, right. and I have to add this because I'm so proud of it. This year, we're celebrating our 50th anniversary. Oh, really? Ah. So we've been together as long as you've been alive. Whoa. That's right. Before, oh, anyway. thank you. I know. I've been feeling nothing but old all morning. <laughs> you don't it, look that It goes really no, bad. You look great. Yeah. I appreciate great it. Age. All right, yeah. so it's the Randy Gardner story. So, awesome. Go see these though. legends. Yeah. They're right here. Such Beautiful a deal. Performing. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so for coming. Thank you. Happy, happy birthday. birthday. Thank you. Steve, thank you. Casey, thank you. Dorothy, Randy, and Thank you, guys. All right. We're going to take another quick break. We'll come back in a second. We got more. B File is next. Stay with us. Love Preston, Steve, and WMMR? Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks. 93.3 WMMR presents Money Clips. Wow, we have a lot of clips. Your shot at stuffing 500 bucks in your Money Clips seven times a day. Weekdays at 8, 10, and noon, as well as 2, 4, 6, and 8 p.m. We'll play an audio clip from one of your favorite MMR DJs. So true, Jackson. And then give you a keyword. Text it to 45911. Or if you enter it at WMMR.com or our app, you'll also get entered for the grand prize. 10000 bucks. What the f***? See complete rules at WMMR.com. It's MMR's Money Clips. From who else? 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks your wallet. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. The other day, um, I had some uh, friends in from out of town. Is this your new character, the Inquisitor? No, it's not the Inquisitor. Uh, but I had, uh, but I am curious if other people, if other, um, 
businesses have this. So I had a friend in from out of town. His uh, kids came along with him, and they, they stopped in to, uh, to hang out for a little bit. And uh, one of them had a video camera and was uh, filming some stuff around here. Yes. And left the case to the camera in our kitchen <laughs> oh, right. yeah. on the table. Well, our kitchen table here at WMMR <laughs> means fair game. It means take it. If you put it on the table, it's going. You can have it. Yes. And that's pretty that's, it. that's that's it's an unwritten rule. Nobody's ever there's no sign. No, no. Nobody's ever really said anything, but if you put it on the table, it's fair game and you can take it. And when I tell you that it wasn't on there for longer than 5 minutes, I I, I de- might even be saying that a bit long. It yeah. was maybe on for 3 or 4 minutes. And it was gone. Mm-hmm. Right. It so CDs completely... will end up there, food will end up there, everything is yeah. up for grabs. Yeah. Not T-shirts. Stolen. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just stuff. Yeah. And I brought in things. Uh, I've I've brought in you know gifts that I don't really want. Yeah. And and like that home beer maker. And it... <laughs> <laughs> and it put it on the table, and it's been up for grabs. Is that common that people have a an area where it's I if, wonder. if it's there, it's free? I don't remember anyone any area of any past job where it was so clearly accepted that one area was you that You know what? We didn't have that at Y one hundred. No. There was not a free yeah, table. Right. Yeah, you're no. right. Uh it might but be we didn't have really a technical kitchen area where people could sit around we did in uh, when we moved to Kanchi. in Kanchi, we did yeah yeah, yeah. Not, not in the uh in the media offices uh yeah that's true okay you it, need I an mean, area like that yeah but it's wild because they, there will be times when i'm at home and uh you know just trying to purge some things and I mean, in, in years past, it would be like, all right, I'm just tossing this. I'm just throwing this away. I'm taking it to work. And now I'll look at it. Well, yeah. I won't take it to I'll work. I'll do it. Uh, if it's I stuff that it. I have, yes. Uh, maybe other people might want this. Yeah, yeah, I won't take it to work if I know that it's junk. Yeah. But if I look at it, I go, you know what? Somebody will take this. You yeah. know, like old movies or CDs or whatever it is. And you'll be surprised what will move out there. Oh, my God, mm-hmm. anything. Any, uh, because, oh. Why not? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's free. Yeah, somebody will want styrofoam. This. I trying, can use this. I'm trying to think of the weird stuff that I've placed out there because I, I cleaned out uh, a portion of our basement um, where we just store stuff and yeah. things that have. And if it's been there for like you know eight or nine years, at some point I'm gonna, and it's not sentimental. It's just there. Yeah. We have it. I want to get rid of it. And Did I you put some booze out there one time. I brought. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nick, oh, cleaned, yes. Nick cleaned out his his yeah, booze. I cleaned nice. out my booze. I put a bunch out there. I put a Keurig out there. You put a Keurig out yeah. there? Yeah, put a Keurig out there, yes. Okay, and that went, obviously. Re- Reardon took that. It, it, it wasn't because uh, Reardon was doing the uh, the overnight, and he he gra- snagged that on the way out. I put, I think I had, like, uh, I've, I've put, like, collectible things that are just, like, sure. who would want this? Oh. And and they, they go. They was, disappear. And you never have to put a sign that says, take it. No. No. It's just taken. No, I mean, say? you do have to put things on there. This is not... Uh, you know, don't take this. I, yeah. I would, I would mm-hmm. not run that risk. Nah. Uh, it, By the way, the the case that yeah. was taken who was, stole it? was returned. It wasn't stolen. Who stole? Who, who decided that they were going to rob? Not. No, I will because he didn't do anything wrong. It was Marcus, and he was, <laughs> and he was, he was really, uh, he felt really guilty. He felt about horrible. It, but but he, he had nothing. He had no idea. Nothing to worry about. Yeah. He told me. I talked to him after, and he was like, "I thought, oh, cool, camera case." Yeah. yeah. No, the kids didn't know. They didn't know it was their fault uh, for putting it there, and it's not their fault technically because they didn't know about it. But anyway, it's a uh, Marcus. Don't worry about it, dude. It was it was no big deal when we got it back. I just had to mail it to him. 
because uh, they were leaving that day. But, and it's just and like, I assume Marcus is going to give you the money. He's going to pay for the uh, the ship. <laughs> but I, you know, I feel bad for Marcus. Like he's he's never here at that time he of the never day. Is, like no, it was yeah. just a weird turn of events. Wait, this is interesting. Let me go to David. Hey, uh, David. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Chris Allen. How are you? Guys? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, David? Where I work, we have an area that does that exact thing. Okay. There's an employee lounge. There's a sidebar on the employee lounge. It's not, a, not some more of a lounge in the lunchroom. Anything you leave on there, fair game. All right, and it's and it's understood. It's cool it's with everybody. Understood. No one complains. They're on nothing. And to take it one step further, okay. Anything left in the company refrigerator on Friday afternoon, fair game. Anything left on the front. That's actually an interesting idea. That the only is. difference is here you have people who are working all weekend. Yeah. Uh, you know, and... Um, yeah, it's around the clock. Yeah. Uh, but the, I like that idea, though, of on a specific date, uh, the fridge is up for grabs. Because we've we've had the conversation many times that a lot of contention can happen over the company fridge and taking stuff that you're not supposed to. I mean, there's been... You what know, about cars left in the parking lot? Uh, you can have those, <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. I do think, you know, just... Uh, Thanks, you know, David. Uh, talking about putting things in the fridge that maybe there should be a, a the standard you got to put a date on the you know when you put your thing in the fridge right well, not just a random date not, no no the well, the, the actual 15, day 12, 20. <laughs> no no well, i no. think you should be responsible for throwing out your rotting food we could easily sure. facilitate that you can get the uh, post it note um little holders that you can stick on the side of the fridge with mm-hmm. a with a pen yeah pens he just popped it out, pop it out, and write the uh, the date on it, yeah. and pop it in there. Because a lot of times people will just forget that they even put it in the fridge. And um, listen, I don't. I rarely go into that fridge. Rarely. I go in for creamers. Yeah, I, I don't even do that. But yeah. um, you know, if you open that fridge and you're looking for something and you see something that was that's been in there for a month. Then yeah, you should be able to toss that thing. Yeah, people are texting in about uh, leaving stuff out in front of their house and having it taken, or throwing stuff out in the it, trash it, and it disappears. Yeah, what is that Craigslist uh, classification? Curb, uh, curb, curb, curb stompers. Yeah. Curb stompers. <laughs> <laughs> but it's. Uh, I mean, it, it really is. It, yeah, listen, we have college students here for, yeah. that are that are interns that could probably you know. I just know when when I was in school, you know, DVDs and well at the time VHSs as well. Yeah. that was like currency right there. Sure, you know? uh, I'm going to go to Jen next. Hey, Jen, good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's up, Jen? Hey, um, I just wanted to say at my work we do that all the time. <laughs> You'll always find tomatoes and yeah. cucumbers and all all vegetables from everyone's garden from home garden. That's a great. Oh idea. yeah, absolutely. That makes total sense. Leftover birthday cake from parties over the weekend. What about Halloween candy? <laughs> Some, yeah. yeah. Sometimes I just go, I, like, you're hungry, you just go in the kitchen. There's always something. <laughs> nice. And here, actually, now we're, that we're under construction because our sister stations and everybody's moving up to the fourth floor in the oh, building. Yeah. But uh, so Thanks, we re- when that happens, I mean, we're going to have pandemonium because yeah. everybody's going to have, you know, when there's a floor separation, you may not just walk over and see what's there, but... Our kitchen here was really the most hopping kitchen for food and leftovers. Yeah. I mean, and people just come up. We had an employee here who I don't think would ever buy lunch on the off chance. That yeah. there'd be food. That there'd be food, yeah. <laughs> <We're not. laughs> um, what was the best haul that you... I, I'm sure you've never taken anything off of that kitchen table other than food. What's the best haul that you think you've gotten? Something that, that I've... Uh, left. Uh, I did take a I did take a sweatshirt one time. Okay. Yeah. I took okay. some of Nick's old booze. 
I don't okay. know if I ended up. I, I took some limoncello that you had. Oh yeah, um, but that I was think, good stuff. I don't know if I drank it or not. You you came in one time with uh, a fifty dollar bottle of champagne, which is like one of my favorite champagnes. And you were like, "Yeah, I mean, we're just not going to drink this." I was like, oh, "This well, just we, made my day." Well, we had like five bottles of champagne that had been around for years, and I'm like, "I just I need to make room. You can yeah. have this. Don't worry, I drink yeah. it." Do you have a bar? I do have a bar. Okay. A bar? <laughs> a bar. <laughs> yeah, I got a bar. A bar. A bar. Uh, yes, I do have a bar. Uh, let me go to uh, Francesca. Francesca, good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's up? Get Zooks. Get Zooks. I'm calling. I work at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, and we have a staff lounge. Yes. And you put, I'm talking like a half-bitten piece of pizza down on the table. It's gone in 35 seconds if you put it in the middle. Well, let me ask you, Francesca. So like, with, our, with our table, it was never it was never mentioned. It's just It's just a sort of... What is and accept it. When I got there, they told me like, don't put your leftover fries in the middle because someone will take them from you. So it's it's mainly food, Francesca. Um, it can be anything. Like some people bring in beer from parties, old fruit cake for Christmas. But people bringing goods too. Like I made my husband bring in some stuff we were trying to get rid of from our house. Yeah. It's you know actually I mean? a good idea, and you don't think about it a lot of times. If you're getting rid of something, at what, what am I going to do with this? Bring it in. Bring it in. Someone yeah. will take it. Yeah, I'm taking it. That way I can get rid of it. And then if nobody <laughs> takes it, somebody will throw it away. You know? Yeah, it'll, exactly. it'll sit on the table. <laughs> the only way the place it doesn't yeah. work is if you're a toll collector. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Kat, so you're the only one in there. Let Thanks. me ask you a question because yeah. I think you'll probably get grossed out at this. But um, So pools have a lost and found table, right? And I'm not saying taking anything, but I've, dirty. I've gone to the pool with the kids and they have forgotten a towel, right? Oh, and I'm like, you know, I'm no. like, well, just go to the Lost and Found and, and use that towel. And, and then and then, wow. I'll put it back when you're done. But still. Don't, don't take it, but. Uh, or know, if goggles. We did. Um, Pink guy. I, I don't think. I don't think Pink go- guy. I don't think goggles would um, would gross me out as much, but uh, I forgot a bathing suit for Jace once when he was doing swim lessons. And they were like, you can go through the Lost and Found. I was like. Yeah, no. We'll reschedule. <laughs> I, I stole from Lost and Found one time. Did you? Maybe a couple of times. You found it. The wallet? At, uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. At, uh, at golf courses. Oh. They always have Range Finder? Pounds. No, not Range Finder. I wouldn't go that big. Okay. Uh, club head cover. Really? Ooh. Yeah, they're cheap. And, yeah. You know, yeah. and I remember getting like a bought a used club online and I forgot to get a head, clubber, uh, head, head cover for it. So I just, I remember going to a golf course going... Hey, uh, did somebody leave a head cover here? Blah, blah, blah. Ah, boxes out there in the cart. Uh, you know, go yeah. take a look. And you can just sift through and, ah, oh, this one will work. This is yeah. mine. Took it, yeah. Yeah. And um, the chances are it's been sitting there for years. Some, nobody hasn't come around and gotten it. So, yeah, I've stolen. I was uh, lost and found. I was hiking uh, <laughs> one time, and I saw this person had a really nice North Face jacket. And I was like, and, and I, I commented on it, and he said, Oh yeah, I'm a teacher at this uh, at this school, and the kids just left it there uh, at the end of the school year. Yeah. Lost and found, went unclaimed, so I ganked it. Totally you know what? It. At the end of the year, at at a school like that, mm-hmm. is that maybe they? I know in colleges a lot of times, especially like international students, they'll leave like full on TVs. Oh and, sure, yeah. it, it, not just international students. I got in trouble at school one time, and I had to uh, stay behind and clean out the dorm rooms. And people are just lazy. At and the you're end. like, this is a punishment. Well, it was. Right? I got money. I got clothes. I got like people are just didn't want to pack up the stuff and move it, and so they just would leave it behind in the dorm. Wow. Rooms. Yeah, it, total laziness. Wow. Uh, let me go to, hang on a second here. I have, uh, Dan. Hi, Dan. You're on the air. Good morning. Is your name Dan? Don? Is there a robot in the room? Din? 
All right, we lost him. Uh, he was saying same thing. Food and cafeteria becomes up for grabs when you put it on a specific table. Oh, but leftovers, I'd be a little hesitant. Well, some, yeah, also something's been bitten. You don't somebody's, know what. Yeah, yeah. somebody's been picking. Through I have it. a horrible oral condition. Right. We we enjoy. Have, we have restaurants that come in and cater. Yes. And so we'll when when we're done serving everybody, they put the serving containers over there, and it's a little bit different than someone's plate. It's like a regular buffet at the table. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. Uh, let me go to Casey Sand line four. So I have Roy. Hi, Roy. Good morning. Roy. Good morning, guys. Hey, what's How up, buddy? You? Uh, no, not much. Uh, we were going out golfing early, like five thirty. I was picking my buddy up, uh-huh. and he was waiting on the curb for us, and had to run back in to go to the bathroom. He left his clubs on the curb, ran in. We came to pick him up. They were gone. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. So, yeah, somebody thought that somebody put the clubs out for trash, and they went by and scooped them up. See, but, so when I initially saw your story, I'm like, no, that was not hearing the context or thinking, no, that's just flat out theft. Someone stole them. But if it's out at the curb. Is it trash day by any chance? Uh, no. No, but you sometimes you think... Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't matter. People will put in anticipation of, you know, trash day if you'd... Or that someone will take them. And you and see so it? I'll see... A lot of times there's a sign that will say free. Right. You know, on it or something like that. But, oh, well, man. Well, Delco, so... Ah, yeah, well, there yeah. you go. Free right. <laughs> Did you guys ever... Did you ever track the guy down or was his, or his clubs are gone? Gone. Dude, they give me thousands of dollars. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm a hacker, so they want all that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've been <laughs> at a, a garage sale anyway. Wow. All right, thanks, Roy. Yeah, Appreciate a lot of times, you know, like, like trash days on like a Tuesday, you'll see people driving around on Monday night, you know, we have with their pickup truck. And, in the, and who go around, these guys are like, and the whole weekend, and they, they go around and they're waiting to pick up stuff, and they, I guess they recycle a lot of copper or whatever, but they're, they're they'll... They scour the area, sure. and they actually move a lot of uh, stuff out of it. Yeah. I'm going to go to Chuck next. Hey, Chuck, good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's uh, up? Yeah, my kid plays hockey, um, and I guess if you scrounge around enough, it, almost every hockey rink has a completely full lost and found, and the stuff just stays in there for weeks. Uh, if one of the kids forgets something, you're like, go check lost and found. Oh, okay, you know, I got a new pair of skates or a helmet or whatever. I mean, you could probably get a whole setup. Yeah, yeah. there's no overseer. There's no there's no one person that oversees the lost and found True. and goes, oh, yes, oh, well, here you go. This is yours. How you know? so legally, I mean, in these cases, I, I would, and I think we all would prefer that the person gets back something that they lost, but sure. I'm hearing story after story of the stuff just stays there. It, yeah. it, stays, what? it stays for months, and then, like, I talked to somebody at one of the ranks, and they said, oh, yeah, we just give it all to, like, Goodwill or whatever at the end. Hmm. But, you know, whatever. Goodwill? What are they going to do with it? I don't know. They just sell it. I no, I know. They yeah. do. They they're, they're, doing, they're doing a good thing with it. Uh, interesting. All right. Thanks, Chuck. No, you're right. There, there were, you know, some people will just, it was either too far away or they've forgotten about it. And then by the time they remember, they can't, they can't recall where the last time they had this particular item is and they just let it go and it stays there. It's, you know, permanently resides in the How many times in your life have you gone back and checked, had a lost and found checked and found what you were looking for? A couple times. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, It has been a couple times where I've been, oh man, you guys found it. Thank you. My, uh, I had these awesome, uh, and I still have them, uh, these Ray-Ban sunglasses and I went through, um, at the airport and they fell out of the bag or whatever it was that fell out in the x-ray machine. And I didn't notice it until I was already gone. I can't. I, I had to have been. I had to have been when I went out west to the Joshua Tree uh, area. And when I came back, Steve, I went to the Lost and Found, and they were there. Wow! I couldn't Are you believe. Kidding it. me? Yes. 
I had, That's I had, pretty miraculous. I had some friends not that long ago were in Central Park, yeah. New York. Had just gone on a shopping spree, had their bags with them, left the bags, walked away somewhere else, uh, and complete, like like an hour late, completely forgot about it. Came back, gone. They went and spoke to the park police. Sure enough, somebody picked it up and took the lost and found, man. And oh, it was, my gosh. There was a lot of valuable stuff in there as well. How That's amazing. Nice. Very impressed with that. Yes. Very impressed with that. I have a friend who's a bartender, and uh, she just sent me a text that she said I would acquire, in quotes, many things from working at bars, jewelry, coats, umbrellas. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. People were just too drunk or too rich to care, and they would just leave them at the bar at the end of the night and never come back and get them. Yeah. If a friend who's a cab driver and, and some drunk chick left a... Uh, Her virginity. No, it was a, like a bracelet or a necklace in the in the back of the... Um, Back of the cab, she lost it. She had borrowed it from a from a jeweler. Okay, yeah. Oh, it sounds like uh, she, that. She needed to be punished. Yes. Yeah, Put sounds like Marissa or something. <laughs> uh, I had uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Go ahead. Uh, no, there's a right now. Currently, there's a purse on the uh, table in the kitchen. So, are you serious? Yeah, I'm gonna go grab it. Uh, yeah, it's up for grabs. <laughs> it's up for grabs. Go grab it. Tell Marcus. Oh, yeah. I remember what I was going to tell you. I lost my rangefinder again. Oh, are you no. kidding? Recently, yes. What? But I got it back. Let me ask you a quick question. It was at uh, Bitterman Golf Club, and I left it there. You can put your name on that thing. I do. Aren't there apps now? Are there rangefinder apps? Yeah, you can get stuff for your like a watch, but it's not. uh, It's not. It doesn't. It's that mine's a laser. It tells you exactly where you are. That that's your GPS. Mine's like a general. Everyone can afford light amplified. I need to get it right on. Yeah, because I can hit my yardages to the yard. Exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, yeah, I got it mailed back to me, which is wonderful. That's amazing. Well, look at yeah. look at what happened. No, it's not like we lost it, but the fact that uh, with the uh, bird bot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Got, you know, it was picked up by a cop when it was in uh, Minnesota. Yep. In the back of the, we were able to find it. Of course, you can't attach GPS devices to everything you lose. Let me go to Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. Good morning. Hi, um, I was calling in. First time caller. Oh, awesome. what's up, Steph? Yeah, so I was calling in because you guys were talking about having a table at work. That's not like a designated, you know, area, but we have this girl that works with us at the hoarder. And so she, like, physically can't throw anything away. And so she always brings stuff in and puts it out on the table. And it's a joke because it's always junky stuff that no one wants. So as soon as she walks away, we throw it away. (laughs) (laughs) Do Do you think in a way she's kind of relying on you to do it because she can't bring herself to do it? Yeah, we're like enabling her, <laughs> you know. Yeah, She's like, I'm yeah. Put this here. Yeah, maybe I'm she. Like, oh my gosh, I. She can't bring yeah. it. She can't bring herself to waste things, but maybe giving it to someone else is a way to ease out of it. Right. And uh, and you guys are throwing her junk away for her. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous like Christmas ornaments, or she brought in like a. I don't know. We're just ridiculous things like crafts her kids made when they were little. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so it's like just junks up the table. And we're like, oh, okay, yeah, that looks great. And then she walks away and we're like, get rid of it. <laughs> this is adorable. Throw it out. Mm-hmm. No, I hear you. Every yeah. Once in a while. So yeah. It's something that somebody wants, but. Working with a hoarder has got to be a blast. Yeah. Uh, let me go to, we're going to take a break in just a second here, but I'm going to go to uh, Justin. He went to Ursinus case. Oh, okay. Uh, hi, Justin. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, what's up, buddy? So I worked there. Uh, I went there, and I worked there since I was like 16, too. My my parent, my dad worked for facilities. <clears throat> and uh, in the summertime, we would all the kids would leave, and it was just free rain. So uh, we'd have summer help, and we'd all just run to these dorms and just start 
picking through everything. I mean, we found beer lights. We found, <laughs> you know, certain toys. What's <laughs> what, what's what's the biggest ticket item you found? Um, like I a mean, TV. Oh yeah, TVs. They they, they were easy. Yeah. Anything uh, like TV. a PS4 or a bike or anything like that? No, nothing like that. Why right. was it yours? No, <laughs> no, no. A lot, any, of vi- a lot of vibrators and TVs. Any any piss-stained couches? Because I left a couple of those. <laughs> yeah, there was plenty of them. It was amazing what you guys left behind, though. It was so much crap. It was unreal. And what, was it your job to clean it out, or would you just uh, were you going in to take stuff? We just went in to take it. All right. Well, quick question. If money was discovered, what do you do with money that's left in the dorm? Uh, we just pocketed it. Yeah, show yeah. in your pocket. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Is I that mean, the we, understanding? We, that, 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 the they school? left it. They're yeah. gone. I mean, they're, they're gone, gone for the summer, and they left it in their room behind for people like Justin to come in and clean it up, or me when I got in trouble. Yeah. No, I guess... Yeah, uh, and the uh, sorority class, all the sorority houses always left booze in their cabinets. Yep. There you like go. That. So it was, it was a heyday. I guess it's like, thanks for your call, Justin. I guess it's like, uh, you know, hotel staff. If yeah. You, yeah, yeah. If you leave change, yep. that's for housekeeping. Yeah. They can, uh, they Nick, can were you finding, like, fold money? or? or... Oh, sure. Really? I'm, people, I'm telling you, like, people were just freaking lazy. It's it's astounding, but they just didn't clean out drawers. And in those drawers, you'd find everything from complete trash and garbage, which you would toss, and then and then just bills. Yeah. Well, uh, well, it is move-in day. We talked about that earlier yeah. of a uh, dorm room. So maybe in a few months from now, people will be picking up some freebies. Uh, keep in mind, though, if you do visit WMMR on the kitchen table... Don't put anything put anything on it. Don't unless you want it uh, gone. Uh, then it's a good spot to get rid of things if you want to. You know, murder weapons. Yes, everything. <laughs> we could put them on there and they'd yeah, be right? gone in a heartbeat. Motion lotion. Mm, get rid of evidence. Yeah, yeah, that's our evidence table. <laughs> yeah. Nice. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. M.M. Barbecue 2021. It's an entire day of everything that rocks with M.M.R. And eight of our favorite bands. Jane's Addiction. The Offspring. Cheap Trick. Dirty Honey. Dorothy. Mammoth Wolfgang Van Halen. Aaron Jones. And Jackson's Local Shots. Foxtrot and the Get Down. MM Barbecue 2021. Saturday, September 25th. BB&T Pavilion. Tickets on sale now via Ticketmaster.com. Lawn tickets start at just $25. Details at WMMR.com. We're excited to have our next guest back in the studio. And you've seen him in everything from Entourage to Old School to Rose Point Blank to even say anything. Say anything. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jeremy Piven yeah. is here with us this morning. Thank you. It's good to be here, you guys. Good to see you, sir. Yeah, man. May I yeah. say, you're a very stylish gentleman. I was looking at your uh, at your Instagram account. You're always you're always very well put together. Well, thank you, sir. I really appreciate that. You are a very uh, confident gentleman to be able to, to, to wield a compliment so freely. Well, I'm, I'm curious, is there is there a staff of people that create that look, or is this all people? you? 
No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's not a Jeremy Piven tour bus that has a, a whole staff of stylists at the ready? Uh, there would be a lot of clowns stepping out of that tour bus. It would be a clown bus. Uh, no, I'm a, uh, I am I, I do my viciously mediocre style myself. It's just me. It works just, for you, though. It, it does work. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know what I think? I think men need to do more is run see women dress for women yeah you know and men don't dress for other men unless they're gay gentlemen yes mm-hmm. but for the most part so i think if men consult women and say hey what do you think of this that is that's actually brilliant you know what it yeah. would solve so many problems because then a woman would say uh, that shirt is birth control um, <laughs> take that shirt off yeah, uh, yeah. why do you wear the same dirty hat please take that off you know yeah. what I mean? and, and a lot of problems could be solved yeah. so you know it's good to run your look by you know the other the other I, gender. Yeah. No, I have uh, I, I have teenage sons, and I've told them I'm like, listen to the women yeah. in your life that tell you that that doesn't look good, right? Because it will you it will pay back tenfold. Down you're the you're, road. you're yeah. gleaning um, intelligence from them. Yes. You're, 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 it's like going behind enemy lines to find out what you're not going to get otherwise. Yeah. So the first time you want to find out you're you're dressed horribly is when you're out at a bar in a social situation trying to meet someone. Right. So you're you're, you're exactly uh, right. I, we're yeah. Uh, in radio, we're we're blessed with a uh, we can be <laughs> astoundingly <laughs> casual right. uh, in our in our presentation, which is uh, which is cool. But did you did you come by that knowledge over the course of your life, or were you always sort of a snappy? Uh, put together guy. You know, I grew up. I'm, I, I grew up in Chicago. I was born in New York, and then grew up in Chicago. Uh, and I grew up in a theater family. So, from the time I was very young, you know, my father would always he 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 had his own style. Yeah. Um, he would wear like leather caps, and like you know, we were in Chicago, and he was wearing you know denim shirts, and and he, he, I come from a family of thespians, you know, theater right. theater actors, and I remember as a kid. Uh, one day they, you know, we all had to stand up in school and in like third grade and say what our parents did. And I, I said that my parents steal shoes because <laughs> I didn't understand what, what an actor was. Sure, and, yeah. and my, my mom had basically provided herself in the theater with wardrobe. So right. she had a lot of shoes at the, at the house. So they, they had to bring my parents in and my parents had to explain to me, what you, you know, we, we have a theater, we're performers <laughs> and they broke it all down and it was, it was amazing and i you know been performing with them ever since you've been you've been in entertainment what 30 plus years how many years uh over over 40 years on on the stage on the stage yeah um but yeah and it's interesting because on paper it's funny like i i guess i kind of technically broke out in doing entourage but i was already a grown man i was probably 40 movies into my career when we started entourage i I was well aware we were all well aware because you're you're a connoisseur of pop culture yeah but you're but you're right and it's it must be sort of weird when you have that many films that are up to that point were sort of iconically pop culture uh and, and then you you get entourage which is and everyone's going oh because I remember you. I mean, one of the the absolute seminal comedy shows of all time, the Larry Sanders Show. Yes, uh, you know, you you played the head writer. You're yeah. with. I mean, to work with Gary Shandling, you were a, a young Judd Apatow. Yeah, that was I, a dream. Yeah, that was a dream. Yeah, Judd Judd and I were about the same age. We we're just kids, and and he was. Yeah, I mean, that's an incredible story. That guy. They someone should do a documentary about him. And by the way, well, the, Apatow the, did. He did. The, yeah, yeah. Well, the doc he did on Gary, the the Zen Diaries, was. Was so brilliant, and I think they'll be showing that forever in terms of just like anyone's spiritual journey, uh, which is incredible. And yeah, Gary was, I was right out of college, and um, 
you know, he was a genius, and just to be around that on the Larry Sanders show, people look back on that show, anyone that was looking at the 90s, and they would say it was that and, and Seinfeld that were kind of the most influential of that decade. So he, he was an absolute genius, and just to be around that and Jeffrey Tambor and with all it, those with guys. It, with it, was, uh, Shanley impresses me, especially for young, aspiring people of that time, for Appetown, for yourself, as, as very encouraging and, and nurturing. Was he that way? Yeah, I mean they were, they were such geniuses that just to just to observe that to me was priceless. Um, so that kind of informed uh, a lot of uh, everything that I did from then on. But right. just the the level that he played at was was like no other. If you look back at that, the writing, the insight, and it, <laughs> and, and it basically kicked off all original programming on HBO. And and there would be no entourage if there wasn't. Uh, a Larry Sanders show, or or Sopranos, or Sex in the City, or any of that. That's yeah, that's absolutely valid. It, I mean, it was it was for people who have never experienced it. Go back and check it out. It, yeah. I, it would still hold up. It was f- fall down funny. Yeah, uh, and, and you know, it's just just one of those things that'll always be part of uh, you know of the higher echelon of pop culture. Very cool <clears throat> for sure. And um, it was one of those shows where Gary obviously was a stand up, and I grew up. Uh, you know, right out of college, my first job was at Second City, so I was doing sketch comedy and and all that stuff. So my background is is in improv and sketch comedy and all that kind of stuff, along with the straight acting. And watch this transition. <laughs> I, I feel like all roads lead to stand up, and here we are. Yes, at Punchline. Yeah. It's a, it's That's a, like- a transition, boys. No, yeah. it's a likely and progression. Girls. And I think you and I reading uh, so, you know interviews and and uh, seeing what you've been saying about it. You you are being very um, respectful of the art. You're you're you know that you you are you are a workman at this point, and you're you're getting you know you you obviously have the chops. You've been at this. You've been improvisationally, uh, comedically trained, but you have an appreciation for the art of the stand-up comedian. And you had an encounter with uh, I think Joe Rogan was sort of. Sort of suspicious about your capabilities, and then you ran in. If the story's correct, it may be apocryphal. Yeah. You ran into him, and he he said he kind of gave you the nod and said you're you're actually working it. I uh, I you know yeah. Well, he's obviously a very uh, opinionated guy. <laughs> yeah, you know, and he's you know there's something incredibly just authentic and great about that guy, and he's built his own empire based on that authenticity. Right. And I think that you know he very basically voiced. He was like, great, that's all we need. Another actor trying stand up. And um, and then he saw me, and then he you know realized that I do take it seriously. I really do, and I love it. I love the form, and uh, I, I'm just learning as much as I can. And this is not like I'm I'm doing some sort of just uh, you know appearance where I'm running the clock out, doing Q and A, doing quick twenty minutes, and other people are <laughs> blowing <coming> animals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I, I'm doing an hour set, and I'm having a blast, and I love it. And um, it's it, it's a great way for you know if you've seen me in in anything and you and you gravitated towards my work, but it's a it's a great way for me to not be playing a fictional character, right? And to be showing up as myself and 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 guiding you through what I think is funny. And my point of view and the stories of, of being on different sets and, and uh, a, a lifetime of acting. So I'm, I'm having a blast. It's I great. Do, I do impressions. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a straight-up stand-up act, yeah. you know, for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Nick. That's okay. okay. So um, 
You mentioned Entourage, of course, and, and I'm sure you get to recognize probably the most for that, and maybe PCU as well. But I, I've been a fan of some of the things that maybe people didn't know about as much, and, and I love the movie. For whatever reason, I love it. Judgment Night, I thought it was fantastic. That's one of my favorite yeah. junk food it's, movies. Absolutely. If you've never seen yeah. it, it's it's a bunch of guys who, who rent a, uh, a bus. bus. They're going to the game. Yeah. They get uh, off on uh, the wrong exit, and it's Leary's a, uh, a drug kingpin. Yeah. It's, uh, to me, it's... it's uh, it's one of those high concept '70s style, though it wasn't in the '70s yeah. uh, movies that just really, um, really clicked. It's fun. Yeah, it, that was that was an amazing movie. That was and then shot back in my hometown in Chicago, and that was actually speaking, you know, because you guys are obviously on the radio. But that was the first time that they actually, for a soundtrack, mixed kind of like different genres. If you remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the first time they took like hip hop and heavy metal and just kind of mm. put it all together on a soundtrack. That people love and and yeah, Cuba, Cuba Gooding Jr. and and just the cast was amazing, yeah, incredible. And then post Entourage, you did a show that probably most of our listeners didn't watch, but Mr. Selfridge was a really great program on PBS, and yes, and, and you were a phenomenal actor in it, and it really highlighted your ability to do something that really kind of was the polar opposite to, to Entourage, Entourage. Gold. Yeah, yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I, the the opportunity came up as soon as I wrapped Entourage, and I thought, yeah, go overseas and work with some of the best actors in the world. And I was already kind of like growing up watching reruns of, of Monty Python and all that stuff. Yeah. I was so influenced by it. And, uh, yeah, being over there, because I had gone to school and studied Shakespeare over there in London. So to go back there and work with some of the best actors in the world and, and be a part of a show like that was incredible. And then when I found out they were putting it on PBS, I knew that it would be a very select crowd. And, listen, your life has changed. Had Had Showtime picked it up, um, you know, or HBO, it, it, you know, it would have been a different story in terms of the reach, but it was an incredible experience. I had, I had the time of my life. So, yeah, it, it it, so based on, um, the, uh, a legitimate, uh, character, correct? Uh, the, the, um, um, the, 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 uh, stores, uh, is, is it, or is it, uh, a, an amalgam of other people? Is it? No, a- it's, it was based on, on very specifically a guy named Harry Selfridge who invented shopping essentially, essentially and, yeah. and then department store and, and Selfridge's was still to this day is, is thriving and was, was voted one of the best stores in the world just a couple of years ago. So he was, he was a, he was a serious influence and quite a colorful character. And I loved it for, I signed on, a they have different contracts here. So we signed on for four years and we you know did the full but i mean people love it over there and, right you know it, it you know we could go back and do a special we don't know i'm going through your imdb yeah. and I, there's just so many things that you've done that i love it and, looks like i'm literally kidding it looks like i made it up <laughs> yeah you know no, I mean, your, your first like I, your first movie was yeah. one crazy summer yeah i mm-hmm. love that movie and it's one of those movies that and better off dead i was like i can't wait to show my children that are you and john Cusack friends? Yeah, uh, I had met John when we were eight years old, and we were both... You were in the same town, were you not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, we started we started working with, with my parents and uh, getting up at the Piven Theater and, and performing. And so we've kind of... And his sister Joan and the entire family study with my family. And, you know, my, our, our mothers are best friends, and so our families are intertwined, for sure. I love that. Yeah. I love it. And, and I don't... Um, it's just dawned on me that uh, we play a clip from you all the time, at least oh. once a week. Really? Uh, we from will play. Yeah, well, it, no, it's from Gross Point Blank. Gross Point Blank. Okay. We will either play this. 
Ten years, oh, man. Yeah, that's right. Ten. Yeah. Uh, you know, or if the number ten comes up, I have this. Ten. Yeah. I love it. You know what? That, see that that's that's an example of, you know, John was a, a movie star, obviously from the time we were. God, 16 years old. Right. So that was, I mean, that just didn't exist. Imagine going to high school with a guy and suddenly, like, you know, we were always on stage together, but he was the guy taking the train into the city, you know, and auditioning, and suddenly he just blows up, and we just couldn't have been more proud of him. And so so he was doing, you know, these, these huge films, and... I would go and unbeknownst to him an audition and then you know within the case of gross blank blank the clip you just played that's an example of probably the first 40 movies that I did which would be like I would have one line yeah. <laughs> and I, I would show up on set it'd be a good would, line though yeah it would be yeah. it would be a good line or it would be may I help you <laughs> literally would yeah. be the line like in rush hour 2 where I played the gay Versace salesman <laughs> my it was it was uh, the role was for a saleswoman and the line was, may I help you? And I said, can I play him gay? And can I just keep talking? And they said, sure. <laughs> and sure enough, if if I just kind of dig in, then suddenly one scene turns into two, into three, and then you've got, there we go. <laughs> and then you've got, you know. That's where you, your improvisational ability comes yeah, in. Exactly. And, yeah. and you found a way to, in, in the earlier part of your career when you were that guy. Oh, I know that guy. And that guy's been in, before you, you're known as Jeremy Piven. Oh, that's right. Jeremy Piven. And before it was like, oh, that guy. Like in in say anything, there's a couple lines that that you just you steal the scene for a moment. The whole you know I got hurt real bad one time. <laughs> Never want that again. You stole the scene there, and then the uh, you know, give me my keys. There you uh, go. You're the cashier. Wow. In... Real real short lines, and then boom. Yeah. yeah. Do you go with that intention? I know you can't overact and and overdo the scene. Because... Oh no, I can overact. <laughs> No, I mean, you know. But well, without I, the fear of, of, you don't want to, obviously, as you're an upcoming actor, you don't want to piss off the director and have a reputation as a guy who's too much, but you also want to let them know what you can do. Yeah, you you brought up an interesting point. Listen, if you're if you're worried on set about doing too much, um, you know, going over the top, bringing in too much, then you're not going to contribute on whatever level that you're capable of. Because, you know, there are times, you know, for me, you 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 want to be overprepared. You you know, if, if you know, if, if if I would give if anyone asked me for advice and you haven't, um, <laughs> I would say, like, you know, you know, it's true. There are no small roles. So if you if you bring in all this alternate dialogue and you've got a backstory to your character and you're being very specific and you know all these, you know, who everyone is to you and all that kind of stuff and you, you come in there guns blazing, it, it may be a little bit awkward at first. You know, people are kind of going, who is this guy? What's going on here? But then they're going to take a look at dailies and go, oh, okay, there's something here. Huh. You know what? Let's bring this guy back for this scene. We could put him in here. And suddenly you're fleshing out a character that didn't exist, and you've made a career for yourself. Because, by the way, I'm not any one particular type. You look at me and go... I don't know what type he is. I don't know how old he is. I don't know his ethnicity. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm this weird. And mo- you, but you're you're a classic. Uh, to me, the careers to uh, to envy were always character actors that worked constantly and work constantly because they're applicable to so many different movies. Saying what you're saying now reminded me of someone that we're, we're all in love with. We think she sort of rose up the same way. You worked with her in the, in the Goods, Catherine uh, Hahn. Oh my God! Who yeah. is who? For example, in the scene in Step Brothers, yeah. she steals so many scenes in that movie. 
and she's just one of these people who just comes yeah. in and does it. And you're right. Well, but that's a little different. Step Brothers is directed and, and written by my brother-in-law, Adam McKay, who's right. married to my sister, Shira. And Adam is a guy who encourages improv. So that's why you see Will, whenever he works with Adam, he just, just Step Brothers, um, uh, 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 Anchorman, um, the other guys. We, know, he, he's uh, actually a friend of the show. We've had him on a number of times. The, just a great guy and a guy who loves to talk about the art of filmmaking and comedy. He's from and, here, by the way. He yeah, grew up in Philly. Of, co- of yeah, course yeah, he yeah, is. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, yes, he is. And, and, and Adam is a, is a genius, and he encourages improv. So Catherine... Uh, flourishes in his movies, and yes, she's a genius, and she's unstoppable, and will continue to have a career. So yeah, you got to be. And the thing that Adam does uh, is that he encourages actors who think they can't improvise, and he uh, is a master at like saying, "Listen, just get out of your own way and have fun." And it's usually the the actors um, with a, with a, with a drama background that that can be the best improvisers because really? they know who their character is. If they get out of their own way and just speak in that character's voice, you're going to be fine. Yeah, it, uh, it's very cool. You just made me realize it, yeah. Jeremy. You're a lot like a, a porn actress who can not only be a milf but a teen Asian and Latino. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Categorized as all those things, you're like, I'll buy that. Yeah, I. I that sounds That's like a compliment. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. weird. You remember he led with a compliment too. So yeah, no, a dresser I, I, could be in porn. Yeah, I didn't say that. <laughs> I, I. It sounded like gibberish, but it's your show, so. Well, I just think of, of uh, all right, so two college movies that you were in, and there yeah. were completely different uh, characters. You got your PCU character, and then the guy that you play in, in old school, which, are, you know, were essentially two different. I, I, you're you're kind of all the, over the nemesis and the hero yeah. in, in, in similar scenarios. Yeah, I mean, I'll just give you an, just another example of what it's like to be a journeyman actor. Todd Phillips, who, who wrote and directed um, Old School. I'd read the script and freaked out. And I said to my agent, can I just go in on anything? They said, yeah, just go in and meet the director. I went and met him, and he was just a great guy and such an insightful genius. And he looked at me, and he goes, yeah, there's uh, there's really nothing left in the movie. The only character that's left is, is, is the Dean. He's kind of the villain. Yeah. And he goes, I'm looking at you, and I'm talking to you, and you, you, know, you can't play that role because you look like... You know, maybe one of Vince Vaughn's friends. You have yeah. that swagger. He, you know, he's like, you're built like a gymnast. I was like, I don't even know what that means, but thank you. I was like, thank you? I was like, wow. I, 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 that's amazing. And I said, you know what, let me come in and audition. And he said, great. So, um, you know, the character's incredibly nerdy. I went and found a terrible sweater vest, these, <laughs> these awkward glasses. I did a comb over. Love those glasses. And I came in, and I played the character. And But um, you, you, are a, you are a classic good nemesis in that... There is a reason that he got to where he was. He was he was picked on, and and so there is an element there. You got You got to find something that that is you know human and connectable. Even yeah. to to the best villains, have something that make you say, oh, "I can kind of see that." Yeah, I mean, he was the guy they locked in a dumpster, and he's been bitter ever since, and yeah. he's going to get his revenge. He got out. Um, I got yeah, out. Yeah, I got out. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, joke's on you. I got yeah. out. Yeah, exactly. That was. I mean, that's one of those movies that totally holds up as yeah. well. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I, I was there the day that Snoop was playing, and, oh. and, and Will comes out naked and then just starts running through the streets. And Will's one of these guys where... You know, he also has a background in sketch. Yeah. Uh, I did Second City, and he was in Groundlings. And, um, you know, he's a guy who commits fully. So when he comes out and he has a sock over his 
power source, if you will. <laughs> um, he's really doing that on wow. the day, and you're you know you're on set, and and will just fully commits. Wow! I, I awesome. went to Second City. My I, I had only been to Chicago one time, and my wife and I went, and I was I was blown away. First of all. Just in the waiting room, and you're looking at all of the pictures on the wall of all the people that have come through there, and you're like, holy crap. It's like yeah. everybody has come through there. Yeah. And then you go, and you sit, and um, and you observe all these people in, in, in this element, and I was blown away. And I, I have n- no desires of being an actor, but I all of a sudden, I'm watching this. I'm like, I could never do this. And I had that feeling. I could never and never ever do what these guys are doing. It was well, just awesome. You you could if you've gone through the system, and that's what's really kind of fun about it. I mean, I remember, you know, because I was uh, brought up on the stage and doing improv my whole life, and yet I remember auditioning for Second City and being, you know, very intimidated by it. But I was prepped and ready to go. So it's a for anyone listening. Yeah, of course, if you're an intelligent person, you're going to be intimidated. By any new form. Yeah. But it's like that, you know, Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours thing where, like, you know, you just got to you got to stay after it and get some consistency and you're just going to get better at it. Yeah. Which, yeah. which leads me to stand up. Keep bringing it back. <laughs> no, you're segue. So to to that point. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I was uh, reading an interview with you about, you, you know, you pay your dues with bombing. I, I did stand up for, for about 10 years and, and it, it's. You you have to put in the time. That's all that, that's yeah. going to happen, and everyone will bomb. We were watching the Robin Williams documentary last night. Yeah. Everybody goes through it. H- how do you feel? You got to feel, you know, because apparently, you know, uh, you, you're getting a lot of encouragement. It, you, it, it's being received well. Are yeah. you, you know how, how does it feel to you right now? It feels like um, I've I've got a really solid fun set cool where where i have people you know at first when when i was doing it and telling stories and it would go silent i would panic and now i realize because i have stand up saying to me you know they're hanging on your every word yeah. because mm-hmm. because I, i'm a storyteller and i've been a storyteller my whole life so it's not listen i've i you know being on the stage for 40 years that helps with stand up so it's not like I've only been doing stand-up for a couple of years. It's like I've been doing it for decades because I've had that exchange with the audience. So the variable is material. And for me, um, you know, telling these fun stories, doing uh, impressions and just, you know, grinding and figuring out that perfect set to me is thrilling. So I, I'm having I'm having the time of my life. It's very cool. It's, it's cool to come in with that, that skill set you have that most comedians starting out would not have. Right. De- a decades-old experience with being on stage yeah, being and knowing those things that can be distractions. And as you say, it's really material-centric. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, listen, it's I, I've always wanted the freedom my entire life. You know, you, you know we've been talking about all these different movies and you know they they're written and they have a great three act structure and then you got some dummy like me coming in <laughs> and and improvising and whatnot rocking the boat a bit and now you know so I would come with all these options and and beg borrow and plead to kind of like get my stuff in so I can contribute and now be careful what you wish for because now I have all the freedom in the world now I'm on stage right I, I yeah. am I'm the screenwriter and the and the <laughs> star and the producer and the editor and everything yeah. and 
it's daunting, and I take it very seriously, and it's it's scary, and so you know I do feel a certain responsibility to it. So it, it's it's been incredible, and Punchline is a place that I've heard about, and that I've been looking forward to to playing for a it's while. It's a great room. You got a yeah. lot. Of, yeah, Jeremy, I want to ask you about the difference between uh, improv and and stand up because there are a lot of differences, and, yes. and uh, but the training I'm sure helps. Um, uh, have you found it to be intimidating to transition to stand up, and do you get nervous before your sets? I get uh, it is completely intimidating, um, and yes, I do get nervous. Um, as it's interesting, as an actor, I haven't had those nerves in a long time, just because <laughs> I've been doing it for so long and navigating through that, and it's just been very comfortable. And then the first time I got up as a stand up, I'll never forget it. Uh, Laugh Factory said, "Would you would you do a benefit to, for for kids for underprivileged kids to get some toys for them?" I said, "Sure. Why don't you host with Russell Peters, who's probably one of the best at crowd work in the game? He's top notch. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm standing up there with Russell, and I knew. See, the one thing about myself is I do understand my limitations, and I yeah. think it's one thing that it's a it's a good quality to have. <laughs> so I knew, my God, okay, this guy works the crowd and has been doing it for a long time. I need to prepare some bits, so I have them in my back pocket." So I prepared some bits, and they actually worked. And you know that that's the magic, and that's what hooks you, and that's what makes the form addictive. It's often, is- it's often, it, it, there is nothing like it. You talk about that moment when you are walking on stage and you're holding a microphone. Yeah, and you know, I was at this school. There were a couple thousand people there. And I take a pause, and the room's quiet. It's like, oh, yeah. my God. They're listening to everything I'm saying. I'm leading them through this thing. Yeah. It's nothing like it. Nothing like it. And the idea that you can think something is funny and then share it with a group of people, and they do as well, there's something magical about that. And, yeah. And so that's the moment that happened. Uh, so that's how, I, that's how I got hooked on it. Now, um, the, the improv comes in when you're, they call it writing on your feet on stage, on writing on stage, and... It, it can happen at any moment. You, you do that, you know, when you're working the crowd and all that kind of stuff. But also, you're ex- exploring bits. But that's what's so that's the high wire act about it, because you need to always be going somewhere, leading to some point, to a button, to a payoff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So you know, you you hear Chappelle, and you know, I've become friends with him, and he's one of these guys where. He can be a mentor to anyone because he's just such a decent person um, and the best in the game. But he, you know, I asked him if he got nervous and he said that he doesn't because he knows how to land the plane. So no matter what, he's going to bring you home safely. So he can deviate and just go off on a tangent, but he knows how to wrap it all up. He's just seamless. Yeah. He will take multiple concepts and you will not even know it. And they all yeah. converge gingerly at the end, and it's like, you know. But that's that's a guy. That's a guy who is just at the top of his craft. Well, it's uh, cool, man. It's cool that you're you're engaged with this and finding yeah. it uh, to be a, 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 the next step in something that you're doing. Career-wise. Well, it's it's the one arena that I've that I've never done, and and was always very intimidated by it, but always was a, a huge fan of it. I remember the first time I saw Chappelle at the Comedy Cellar. He looks out and he goes, he goes, snap. Damn it, Devin! What's the five fingers say to the face? Slap! No, he's uh, that's pretty good. He's uh, he is he's the Richard Pryor of of our generation. Yeah, yeah. People don't know that I do impressions. Yeah, you know, and I do. It's funny because like I've I've you know that's the great thing about this act. And people say to me, man, look, you've you've actually 
been around these people, so it's not like you're doing impressions and the uh, the audience may be going, ah, does he actually know Stallone? <laughs> I was on a plane, I went up to him and I said, hey man, I just got to tell you, I'm just a huge fan of yours, and, and I and you know who wasn't influenced by Rocky, yeah, and you know he's like, thanks very much, you know. <laughs> We were just talking about the fact of, you know, and and he's just off and running. Like, yeah. I, you guys remember the, you know, I remember seeing Rocky for the first time. And, you know, he had that great classic line, you know, you want to have a good time, you need a good watch. Which is like <laughs> one, of the, one of the worst jokes ever. Uh-huh. But it's it's a classic. Yeah. We are, we are, we, one of the greatest experiences we had here. We've been trying to, listen, Stallone, for Christ's sake, we've been working that hard, hardcore, but we got Carl, Carl Weathers in here. Oh, my God. And oh, it cool. was just freaking mm-hmm. awesome because... That movie is is. Uh, listen, if you don't like Rocky, I don't know what to say to you because so Stallone's never been in. Is what you're saying? No. How is that possible? Well, hey, Frank Stallone. Tell us about we've had it. Frank Stallone. <laughs> yeah. Fact, so yeah, we could that's like to leave. Well, we we wanted Beyonce, but we got Solange. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. She was available. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're you had my brother on, but you didn't have me. <laughs> I actually. I picked him up and drove him here. Frank, yeah. Frank, Frank, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we we had uh, a buffet in the studio, and he wouldn't leave. <laughs> he just kept eating. The whole he time. ate like he had a yeah. tapeworm. It yeah. was an, an, an amazing. God game. bless Frank. Yeah, Sloan. yeah, Frank, Frank Sloan. I, I'm I'm freaking out because this interview is kind of blowing my mind. Everything that you've talked about in what you bring to the stage and what you bring to the screen, um, I'm just like relaying to characters. And you were saying like you know put it all out there. Uh, the character is ageless. You don't even know what it is. Yeah. And uh, the, the backstory, and it's just like, it's draws from PCU. And I'm just like flashing. Everything you're saying is like, you yeah. could go do PCU right now, and it's that timeless. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you're right. Could you, though? Could you? PCU was, 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 a, was a very uh, fun, and now seems incredibly uh, prescient. Huh. Uh, because it's 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 gotten that much exponentially Ooh. more tight ass. Colleges yeah. used to be for stand ups used to be safe haven. Man, they they got it. They, this is where you can go and you can have that sort of discussion. And now, man, you can't. And PCU was railing on that years ago. Yeah, it was it was before its time. It, it really <laughs> it really was. And yeah, we've we've gotten to the point now where yeah, it's it's fascinating what's happening. But the good news about that is is that. You know, power to the people. Yeah. And we all have a voice. And, and you know, we're, we're living in a town where, you know, they celebrate the Declaration of Independence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we need to, as, as Chappelle said to me, you know, we this, we need to embrace our freedom of speech. And, and stand-up is one of the last arenas where we can really utilize that freedom it's of true. speech. It's true. You know, so we, we've, we've got to use it. we got to, you know, it's a great platform. So you're going to be in town for the weekend. It's cool. Hopefully you take in the city a little bit while you're here. I'm here. I'm hanging out. I, You know, any suggestions, go to, to <laughs> for restaurants or whatever, you know, you just at Jeremy Piven on Twitter and... And uh, Marissa's and, the person you want to yeah, talk to. Okay. Give me the restaurant I'll, info. I'll put you in the best directions. There you go. Instagram at Jeremy Piven. I have a little blue check. You're so also on. you're really interactive on Instagram. I was, I was paying yeah. attention this week and, and promoting the uh, the um, shows at, at Punchline, and you were inviting people out. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I run it myself. And, you know, I spell everything wrong. So, <laughs> and, and, and so you know, it's me. I'm a caveman. Um, yeah, I, it's it's a gr- it's a great way to interact with people and let people know when they come to Punchline. We'll hang out afterwards and take pictures and all that kind of stuff. And That's cool. You know, it's like you get about 300 people in a room, and it, yet it's intimate. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
So it's 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 a lot of fun. We're gonna have a great time. It's good to have you here, man. And, 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 yeah. Enjoy the city. Yeah. Oh, I'm not leaving. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go for the Frank Stallone uh, all you can eat. <laughs> We'll set you up, man. Thank you guys so much, man. I appreciate it. We love it. Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeremy Pitt. Thank you. Punchline Philly. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Our buddy Frank Caliendo, and uh, stay down. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. Can you believe football is back? This Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Interact Me, swoop in and win sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2022 Eagle season tickets. All you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwin.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles and MMR's Preston and Steve Show. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. With more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I didn't win a lottery, so... It was one winner, though, was it not? There was, yeah. The lone Powerball ticket winner was the New Hampshire. Damn it! Anybody in New Hampshire needs that. Live free or suck it. You know, when I was in New Hampshire, uh, the Powerball was up probably, you know, close to where it was uh, this this past weekend. And I thought, man, I'm going to... I, I bought tickets in Vermont, New Hampshire, because I figured, hey, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna win because I'm buying in some weird little corner store in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it didn't happen, but uh, the oh, you lady, didn't win? no, the lady that I bought it from in New Hampshire, because I always take note, like, all right, I bought it from this person, so I, you know, if I win, I would like to give that person, you know, a million bucks or something like that, you know. Uh, but I walked out of the, the uh, New Hampshire store going, that lady's not getting a dime for me. She was such a bitch. She was so miserable. She doesn't know what she missed out no, on but by I was being like, bitchy. I was really nice to her. I'm like, hey, how you doing? And I was like, all right, well. well I just want you to know, you, if I win, you're not getting a million dollars. You're not getting a million dollars. <laughs> uh, why don't you go, go to hell? This was in New Hampshire? It was in New Hampshire. All right. Yeah, it's a well, miserable Get out of here, pretty boy. <laughs> it's a miserable you? state. <laughs> It's a beautiful state. If you guys came to work today and had learned that the winning ticket was sold in this building, it shows. I'd be everyone's friend. Okay. (laughs) I was going to say, what would your thought process be? I don't know. I've never really thought about that. If you would find out that for sure it was somebody that maybe we encounter here. I'd be very happy for that person, but... um... I I never... I had put no stock in any of the lottery stuff, so I just don't have any, like... Oh, I'm going to get money. No, they'd never... I mean, listen, at that point, like Casey has said before, if all of a sudden you're nice to me after I win my money, forget no. it. It's not, uh, it's not going to be... late. Yeah, exactly. So you wouldn't come in and just start yeah, so, being the most wonderful person in the world to every single person you encounter. 
I would just think like oh, I'd have a weird sense of jealousy. Oh yeah, of of being that close to the winner and not being the winner. Yeah. yeah well, that's honest. Yeah. Yeah. But for, for me, just perceiving yeah. myself as a perpetual loser, this way I don't have to worry about that conflicted feeling. Uh, there was also the Mega Millions jackpot. Uh, there was a single winning ticket, and where was that? Florida. It was in Florida. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. In Port Richie. They just got wawas. Yeah. How about that? Things are looking up. Things are looking up. Well, they could just get rid of those palmetto bugs. They'd be all set. <laughs> yeah, interesting. So we'll have to wait for the, for the next one, gang. That's it. How about this? This was uh, this was from last week. A first grade student's response to a class puzzle of the week is so deep that adults are debating it on Twitter. This was last week, so this, you may have seen the story, maybe not. But Brett Turner, an elementary school teacher from the San Francisco Bay Area, recently asked his first graders to solve a puzzle of the week, and it read. I am the beginning of everything, the end of everywhere. I'm the beginning of eternity, the end of time and space. What am I? Anybody want to guess wait, what wait, the answer is? Say it again. I am the beginning of everything, the end of everywhere. I'm the beginning of eternity. I got it. The end of time and the end of space. And I'm not cheating. I what am I? Yeah, Casey got it right. You can say it. I'm not going to say it. You do it. You want to guess? You if not, I, don't I, worry I don't about it. I don't know. Nick already knows what it is. It's the letter E. Oh. Okay, so it's it's a, yeah, it's a word play. It's, yeah. you know, these are kids are learning how to spell, mm-hmm. and so it's the letter E. But, <laughs> of course what? I didn't get it. No, you just look disgusted. I, I, and I, I was can't annoyed tell, that I didn't get it. I know, I can't tell if you're annoyed at the riddle or yourself. Oh, no, myself. Okay. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't have gotten it. I would have been thinking, what is this object, this mm-hmm. thing yeah. that they're trying to... Shut yeah, up! That's what I was it's, thinking it's a play. of. It's God. So, well, the first guess from one of his first graders was death. And apparently it sent a somber, odd, reflective hush over the class <laughs> that the teacher didn't even want to reveal that the answer was as boring as the letter Aww. E. <laughs> and it led to, like, all the other kids saying things, not the letter E, but uh, they, they were... The Would students, death hold up to all of those attributes? Not necessarily, yeah. because the discussion was, people were saying, well, how could death be the beginning of everything? You know what I mean? In yeah. a way, it's part of the the process of life yeah. and death, yes. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, I know. <laughs> but this is a first grader that... that I'd like to say, it's death. <laughs> Specter that looms over all of us. Can I bring the wagon down to the cafeteria for a while? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. First graders can yeah. do that. <laughs> uh, no, but I never um, got to do that. Oh, I did. And you weren't in select choir either. No. You poor soul. Well, the teacher would take you out to lunch. <laughs> well, uh, my how, about the, how about the Ramada, baby? <laughs> my artwork is still hanging at the school. This is true. I have that in the hallowed halls. Yep. Of uh, Penn Valley Elementary School. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, no, Twitter had thoughts Some guy of their, with a duck of their own. Of their own. Uh, one reply question: How death is the beginning of everything? Another said, um, "Entelechy, uh, entelechy, connected with Aristotle's distinction between matter and form seems relevant." One of the kids brought that up, and a few said the obvious answer is God. Uh, but uh, some of the other students had guessed. Um, th- this is what their answer yeah. is to to what is that? So. Not everything or all stuff. <laughs> all stuff. The end and nothing thing. <laughs> and I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> That's what these 
That's what the, some of the kids answered. Out of the mouths of babes. You remember that? Who was that? Uh, was it Art Linkletter used to have yeah. that show? Yeah. Yeah. Kids Which, say the darndest darn things. Yeah, yeah. And then Cosby did it later right. on. He took over And afterwards. then he, uh, he uh, uh, drugged women mm-hmm. after that. Uh, so that was kind of interesting. Anybody else besides me still have uh, several frozen water bottles rolling around in their car right now? <laughs> I got rid of mine yesterday, Preston, because... You might as well just put a loose bowling ball in your trunk because mm-hmm. it's annoying as f. Yeah, I do uh, have basketballs in the back of my car. I really shouldn't. They I have a bag of. I'm a basketball coach. If you guys don't know that yet, yes. Uh, and but I, don't don't they wipe I, I, out the noise of the dildos in your glove <laughs> <Yeah>. compartment? <laughs> uh, I took those out. Okay, Steve. But I I, I really shouldn't have them in the back I, because they they lose their air pressure. Yes. Yeah. Well, like we were talking about with the balloon last week, an yes. experiment we didn't do. If you take it out in in the cold, they start to uh, uh, flatten mm-hmm. a little bit. You and forgot then, about my balls. But <laughs> when you bring them back inside, they should bounce right back. Uh, it takes a little bit, I'm sure. Yeah, the gym's usually not mm-hmm. super warm, I would imagine. Right. At least not for a little Running while. Running into the problem on the gym floor now because of all the salt and stuff in the parking lot. The the gym floor is super slick. And yeah. you got a lot. You have a lot to to juggle now with the, doing all this stuff. It's crazy. I'm never going to do this again. Yes, I, it seems like it's a little too much, especially considering what you have to do for this. But Casey, you did the right thing because this morning Casey was locked out of the building. Yeah. Uh, because he forgot to bring his backpack. I think it was. Yeah. We'll call it a briefcase, but it's a backpack. All right. And the reason... <laughs> trapper keeper. He normally has it in his car, which yeah. he locks, of course. And then... But um, he wasn't going to leave it in there because his laptop is in there and it's so cold out. Yeah. You can't leave your, your stuff no. out there. So I actually found a list of things you should not leave. Oh, in the car? In the car. Please. And I should have given you this last week, but I just came across it this morning. The elderly, I assume, is number one. And that's probably yeah. one of the top ones. Please let me out! <laughs> Shut up! Or you end up with a gram sickle, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, cell phones, you should not leave right. in the car. You should um, never leave them in the car anyway. Anything with a lithium-ion battery okay, this uh, is a... could be is uh, vulnerable to extreme cold. A question about this. With the uh, Teslas and any car that has uh, basically a large lithium battery, mm-hmm. are they a little a wonkier in um, the you know cold what? weather? They, this And this was not confirmed, but one of those fires, um, and I'm, I'm, I don't remember exactly which one it was, but they said there was a was a Tesla charging in the garage, and the fire did start in the garage. They didn't connect it yet, right? but they're wondering if that had something to do with oh, it. Interesting. That is a good question. Anybody who knows the answer to that, please <clears throat> get in touch with us, because uh, I'm curious. It's, uh, a, it's a big lithium battery, basically, right? Yeah. Uh, hey, I don't know. Hey, Press, you... um. Were kind enough to get me that little uh, cell phone dashboard thingy. I know the issue you have with it. Okay. Um, so what is the thingy? So there's a. It, it's a really convenient thing. So um, you know you can get a mount for your phone in your car, so it sits up and is easier to look at, and you don't have to look down to the ground. Say you're using an app like Waze or something like that to a, a navwap. Uh, navwap. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you are now using nav. <laughs> nav- <laughs> Navwap engage. Yes, how many waps to my home? You are currently 20 waps from home. You have like a whip. The navwap. 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 I told you to turn here, you jerk. That's a, that's a terrible that's win. That's a terrible yeah, win. Yeah, we need something no, better than right. that. Put that on the list. <laughs> I told you to make a left here. <laughs> Navwap. 
There you go. Thank you. Um, if you have a a navigation app, oh. <laughs> NavWeb for short. NavWeb. And I got one for Marissa and Nick as well. I think I have one for you too. Kat. Did you ever yeah, use the? Thanks. I, I, they had like little sticky gelatinous discs. I gave you one. They're really good. They can stick anything on anything, but they may not. Well, the way this works is it's a it's a it's a disc, yeah. but it's got a um, a protrusion on it that you can stick into the vent yes. of your air conditioning unit, and therefore it doesn't take up any um, it doesn't take up any uh, space on your uh, dash on your dash. Yeah, and uh, the thing is, you, you you place it there, and I love it. I have the ability to turn off any of my vents if I want to. If you don't, yeah, and you have the heat blaring on it, it's going to heat up your phone. Yeah. So can you turn your... I can't... Well, so now I just don't... Um, you don't I, engage the WAP. I don't engage that particular WAP. Uh, I do different WAPs in the car. Okay. Um, but I, I But I learned the hard way. You know, my phone shut down because it had overheated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Blasting heat on so, it. Yeah, heat will do that as well. If you've ever left your phone out, like, in direct sunlight for a long time, it'll, it'll heat it up too it, much. It sort of shuts down itself, and yes. you've got to let it cool off before you start it back up again. All right, so you don't want to leave that in the cold car. You don't want to leave canned beverages. Yeah. Like sodas because they will expand and explode. What, what about glass beverages as well? I've seen I've seen glass beer yeah, bottles sure. blow up and anything is carbonated. Case. How how long? So we had we had thirteen fourteen degree temperatures. Uh, we had a, a party. We left them. I bought the, the 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 beer and everything just before the party started and left it out there for about an hour. You're but fine you, there, but you can't. You couldn't leave it. You couldn't uh-huh. leave it over. Those no. glasses, they would explode, They'll right? Explode, yeah. yeah. Yep, yep, exactly. <clears throat> uh, musical instruments, you should not leave in a cold car. Oh, I got to get my piano out then. <laughs> Those made of wood may contract with the cold, causing tuning issues and other damage as well. Uh, you also shouldn't leave medication in your car overnight. Uh, freezing causes certain drugs to lose their effectiveness, oh. including those that need to be shaken. Mm. Mm. What about people suffering from exposure, Preston? Don't leave them in your car either. And then the other thing on this list is you don't want to leave a low gas tank. And I'd never heard of this. I never do this. I always fill up, right? like right now, my gas tank is full whenever there's cold weather. It's just one of those things that's been, my my mother used to do it all the time. I will be honest, I have no idea why. Well, if you keep the gas level above half a tank, it will prevent fuel lines from freezing. I had never heard that. I didn't know that. Me neither. So a little cautionary tale there for you. Good to know. Yeah, let me go to, um, I'm going to go to Dr. V. Hey, Dr. V. Hey, how are you guys? Good. How you doing, buddy? Good, good, good. So I've got a Ford Fusion plug-in hybrid. It's called a Ford Fusion Energy. And uh, the difference in this cold weather is it just doesn't charge as efficiently. It's not dangerous, and, you know, you're not at risk for it exploding, but you definitely lose about 40% of the charge when it's this cold out. So okay. Now, That's a, a substantial amount. I might get, yeah, right. No, it definitely makes a difference, which is why if you have a Tesla, you know, which you might get 240 miles in the charge, it's probably much less. You know, the Ford Fusion Energy is a hybrid, so it plugs in and gives you about 20 miles. But instead of that, I'm getting 14 miles on a charge. Okay. So, so, so you, it definitely you, is less efficient. Yeah, okay. you, have, you have the hybrid. So on, I'm just curious with the Tesla, if that eats into the the mileage available. Okay. Well, thank you, Dr. V. Yeah. We have we actually have a Tesla on. Oh. I'll, I'll go to him in just a minute. What are you going to say, Case? Um, I, I've known people that when they buy, like, batteries in bulk... Yeah. Uh, you know, like the big packages that they'll put the batteries in in the fridge. We found out that does nothing. It does Correct. nothing. Yeah, okay. Preston, you you had had a report, and you because uh, well, listen, I've told my wife that it does nothing. <laughs> she does it anyway. Batteries end up in the refrigerator <laughs> all the time. Show her. 
Doesn't matter. Show her some. It, it does not matter. Okay, it's <laughs> poppycock. What I'm telling you. By yeah. the way, do you notice like batteries, like the packages you buy them on now, will say like you know, good for ten years. Yeah, no. no, it's no, 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 no. I mean, they'll they'll until you use them. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no, you don't put it in your vibrator. I've had the same flashlight working on one battery for ten years. They're just phenomenal. Yeah, but it used to be they had a shelf life uh, shorter yeah. than that. That you would leave them, and then oh, if okay. you never got to them, you put them in, and they wouldn't work at all. Or they'd start to have that uh, that acidic sort of corrosion that would yeah, take place. Yeah, does that not happen anymore? No, that happens. Oh okay. yeah, and then it, I just it, found something it, that if was you fry the them, other day. and it ruins whatever yeah, they're whatever, in, right? Whatever toy they're in. Is that the case? Yeah. You can't yeah. use it anymore? Let's say toy. No, I'm talking right. about like remote control cars. Oh. I had them in a walkie-talkie. I yeah. had them in my NAVWAP. Totally ruined it. <laughs> NAVWAP battery low. Please plug in WAP adapter. The WAP adapter. Yeah. <laughs> plug in your WAP adapter for maximum WAPing. NAVWAP. 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 Available at Rite Aid. We need like a commercial music bed for that. <laughs> Let me go. Hang on. God I'm damn it! I need to be. I need to be twenty waps away from here by six o'clock, <laughs> and I left my nav wap in my other car. I'm gonna go. presenting wav nap wav nap mobile. <laughs> nav wap. Uh, Matt is online. He owns a Tesla. Hey, Matt. How you doing, buddy? Good morning, Preston. How are you? Doing good. What's up, bud? Very much. All right. So you so, own a Tesla. Yeah, so the Teslas actually have a BMS or a battery management system in it. And if it gets too hot or too cold, the battery system will actually warm up the battery or cool it down to keep it in the right operating temperature. So Excuse me. Not really affected by the cold or the heat. I mean, you definitely lose range when you're driving, but the battery itself is safe. All right, so so you, you plug in, and I know, and Tesla does a good job with, with giving you, um, you know, maximizing that battery. How much, what percentage of battery, let's say distance, do you lose when it's brutally cold as it was over this weekend? Yeah, you definitely lose a lot. I've probably lost 30%. You know, if I get, I normally can get about 300 on a full charge, and I get somewhere around 220 to 250. Well, listen, that's going to get you around in in inclement weather. So you're you're probably not going to be driving interstate, but but uh, still, uh, um, you know, that's that is a chunk. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. About them is that they have a eight year unlimited mileage battery warranty. So even if something does go wrong in the cold weather, Tesla replaces it. For you, okay. It's really cool. Pierre was coming talking about his and how they, um, you know, he just woke up and went out to the car, turned it on, and there were there were updates and new features added to the car that yeah. he hadn't, wow. hadn't been there when he purchased it. It's very yeah, cool. You don't need to take it in. Yeah, they're doing they're, they they're just, doing it right. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. <laughs> right, thanks, Matt. Appreciate it, bud. Yep. Have a good one. See you later. Actually, I saw this, uh, and I'll go to some other calls here in just a second, but this is interesting, too. Um, a former NASA engineer, uh, this guy named Mark Rober, uh, has figured out the most efficient way to defog your windshield. Oh, yeah. This is a, an interesting thing because even new cars and new systems, I've heard people complain that they don't know how to ap- Properly defrost their windshields. Now, this is this is not defrost. This is defog. Defog. So, so not getting the only way to get the ice. Defeat of the duck. <laughs> uh, the, the only way to get the ice off is to get out and scrape it, or just run the uh, uh, the, right. the defrost on for a long time. Gotcha. But if you have condensation on the inside and it's foggy, and for some reason you can't, you know, there there have been occasions where I'm like, why is this not why working? Is this not yeah. working? Yeah, yeah, And uh, but he, but he found a surefire way to go about it. He explained the exactly. What is that? <laughs> What causes? What the f- is this? 
And do we have my where the F is that? Yeah, too? yeah, yeah. I got it. Do you have that one too? I have everything. Yeah, oh, I got okay. them all. I just said they're on separate pages. One second. So. Okay. Uh, but he explains exactly what causes water vapor to condense. What the f- on the inside of your windshield? There's uh, nothing on here. Using uh, very simple. Is that? Simple visual teaching aids. Okay, what do you do? And an explanation that a school kid could understand. Well, I'm out. Uh, He uses a series of rigorous scientific experiments that would satisfy uh, any mechanical engineer. He tests all the different air conditioning settings that you've probably got in your car to find the absolute quickest setting to blast away the fog. And it's a certain uh, combination. And Where the f*** is that? (laughs) This is what he does. So here's, here's what you do. You set the defroster fan on its highest setting. All right. Which you probably would anyway. The temperature control on its hottest. Okay. Where's that sound coming from? Stereo. (laughs) All right. Then your air conditioning turned on. Right. And recirculate air turned off. Oh, all right. So my yeah, because the water vapor will stay inside if you have the recirculator. My car automatically does that. When, when, when I when I set it to defrost, the AC it engages the AC to to huh yeah it it it, it knows what to do yeah mm-hmm. it, it's just the greatest thing ever and then you crack your windows because you want to get that. Yeah. well that I don't do yeah. you want to get the moisture out so that's uh, that's what you need to do so once again uh, defroster fan on highest setting temperature control on its highest you want the AC turned on believe it or not. Uh, recirculate, turned off, and crack your windows, and that will clear it up as quick as it possibly can. If you have a newer car, put your car on on defrost. It should engage. You should should see the AC light come on. Really? Yeah, mine does. No, mine doesn't. Um. So yeah, okay, yeah. It it it, it definitely. When I go in and I get into the car and turn the the heat on to defrost, it waits a little bit until warm air is going to come out. It, it will not just start blowing cold air. It, yeah, it yeah. Waits, yeah. A lot of cars do have the control where it will, yeah. it will let the allow the engine to warm up and get that warm. And then it engages. Because that way, it's just not, then you're not, you're blowing you're, cold air. You're freezing you, yeah. If, if you do something like that. So, anyhow, that's what this guy says is the, the best way to go about it. But we're not going to have to worry about it too much longer. Friday, it's going to be like 58 degrees, man. It's going to be unbelievable. In a way... And I'm, well, I'm happy about that. Sometimes when you do this stuff and you do snow removal and you do all the shoveling and all this other crap, and then like two or three days later, it's 60 degrees and it all melts. You want to, you just want to, you son of a bitch. Mm. Listen, we got to take a break right now. Don't go far. What's new? Glad you asked. The Black Keys. Royal Blood. Mammoth Wolfgang Van Halen. New music. More of everything that rocks. I'm 93.3 WMMR. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. All right, and i just given you a little breakfast warning if you're still eating because you never know what's going to show up. In the B-File on the best of Preston and Steve. Start in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Toontown. Uh, school officials say a student reported a potential school shooting threat. Whoa. Based on a prediction made by a Ouija board. 
Hmm. <laughs> Seems legitimate. According to the Altoona Area School District, a student reported the threat to administrator, administrators last week, claiming that a shooting would take place on September 26th. You know, Kennedy would never have been shot had he had listened to the Magic 8-Ball. The administration conducted a full investigation. Did he have one? Should I uh, go to Dallas? Maybe. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, that's not a definitive answer. I know. <laughs> Thing let him down. <laughs> Uh, the administration. Yeah. Oh, Magic Eight Ball. <laughs> Should right. I drive through Dealey Plaza? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the administration conducted a full investigation, including interviews with students and parents. The district later learned that the reported threat came from students playing with a Ouija board over the summer. Uh, district officials say there is no evidence supporting a credible threat for that. As if a Ouija board's not credible. In Phoenix, uh, Valley Realtors. Call him the foot fetish guy, and he's been creeping them out for years, apparently. I'm Tom Skiffington, and I have a secret. (laughs) News crews finally tracked him down outside of a North Phoenix coffee shop on Monday. His name is Anthony, and he admits to contacting countless realtors throughout text and email, offering to rub their feet and asking about their high heels. Mm. Anthony was asked, because this news crew caught up with him. Yes. They, They asked him why he keeps doing it. He said, I don't know. I apologize. Uh, Stacy Smedstad, general manager of Delex Realty, uh, Realty said the most it was the most recent target. She was on her phone with a string of texts that Anthony sent while he was posing as a potential home buyer. Within minutes, the conversation turned to foot rubs and his foot fetish. Uh, she said he would say things like, "I like giving foot rubs," and I would go back to the house thing, How's and I'd the... be like, "Are you looking for a three-bedroom, two-bath?" How's the school district around here, and do you like having your feet licked? Uh, Smedstad had heard about the foot fetish guy in the past from news stories and social media, but instead of just ignoring the strange texts, she reached out and agreed to set up a sting operation to confront him. Uh, the real estate broker would meet Anthony for coffee, and then he'd be confronted when he walked out. So Anthony had told most of the realtors uh, that he was a reflexologist. Yes. And that's why he was so interested in their feet. But that was a lie. Anthony says he's a bartender. And he said, I apologize. A number of realtors did contact the police to report Anthony. I'm not a pervert. I'm a genital manipulator. But we're told since he hadn't broken any laws, there wasn't much that they could do. So Anthony... Promised to stop reaching out to realtors and keep his foot fetish to himself. He said, I'm stupid, but I'm not doing it anymore. I promise. <laughs> That's your defense. I'm stupid. <laughs> your honor. Yeah, I'm stupid. <laughs> I can't argue with that, son. <laughs> Anthony said that he didn't realize that he was creeping women out, and he didn't mean any harm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the search is on for a bold thief that is target- targeting hotels and stealing from the breakfast bar. This is actually pretty brilliant. Well, aren't they, like, free, the Continental Breakfast Bars? If you've been in some hotels where near the lobby, they have a little, um, you know, kitchen setup of sorts. And they're wonderful. And they put food out. I like those things. They have oatmeal. It's not great food. No. But it's free food. Exactly. Or at least if you pay, you know, it's part of it. It's free for everyone who happens by. The package. So, (laughs) police said, the and if you kind of wander around a hotel, the over the staff is not going to know that you checked in last night, maybe. Yeah, and sometimes rooms are open, and sometimes uh, there's luggage sitting out that you can just take. Well, that too. Yeah. But police said that the the, the first theft happened nearly two weeks ago at a group of hotels. See, police said the man stole plastic silverware, shampoo, and towels. That, 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 that's straight up stealing. 
Yeah, he was entering. Uh, uh, he was at the bold ways that he was entering hotel rooms had police concern. Now, a free hot breakfast can be a big perk when staying at a hotel. And police said that he decided to walk into the Holiday Inn Express and help himself. Uh, the, this hotel is known for its breakfast, apparently, according to the front office manager at Holiday Inn. She said, "I think he knew." The man was not a guest. Uh, her name is Cece Laguna. She said something didn't seem right about him. She said he walked in with books, started eating from the breakfast bar, and then wandered the halls. Wait a second. That guy over there has books. She <laughs> said he looked lost once I saw him going back and then about the books. There hey, was, book man. There was something fishy there. And that's when she got her general manager involved. She approached the man who uh, who told her that he was just checking how easy it is to get into hotels and get free stuff. <laughs> right. Listen. I'm just checking. Kick him out. <laughs> I'm, I'm conducting just a personal thing to see how easy it is to rob a hotel. <laughs> oh. You understand. Yes. Yeah. It's I'm, okay. I'm just stealing. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. I'm just stealing. I'm just taking your inventory and leaving with it. <laughs> oh. All right. Okay. Uh, the next day, please. It's just say- a misunderstanding. <laughs> I'm taking what you put into your establishment and leaving with it without paying. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. I thought it was just that. <laughs> no. Yeah. The next day, police say the man uh, snuck into it's one It's a of misunderstanding. The- I'm, I'm not going to buy a house. I just want to lick your feet. <laughs> oh. 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 Okay. Then it's not perverted. <laughs> and to throw back a little further, Steve, it's just a misunderstanding. I just want to watch my mother decompose. <laughs> yeah. It's an experiment with... My mother. <laughs> That's if you've listened all yeah. morning. Anyway, uh, so he went into uh, a room that was being cleaned at the Quality Inn. So he went into another hotel. He was there for roughly an hour before hotel employees approached him. Officers said that he was bold enough to hit another hotel the following day. I would imagine that there are a lot of places that are, that have wonderful setups like this that are complimentary deals yeah. for the patrons. Yeah. And it would be easy pickings for guys like this. He had told the clerk at the Super 8 that he left his uh, cell phone in a room and asked to get it uh, to get in in order to get it back. And they told him that he would have to call the police. And no one has seen him since then. Uh, employees believe that he, uh, he that, fibbed. that the man was involved in several other thefts at hotels in the area. So he's making his rounds. Mm. All right, and we'll just we'll wrap it up there. So stay with us. My Hotel Philadelphia presents M M Barbecue. Saturday, September 25th at BB&T Pavilion. And now, through August 31st only, you can pre-order your MMRBQ concert shirt at the WMMR.com rock shop. Guaranteed delivery before the show. Featuring Jane's Addiction, The Offspring, and Cheap Trick. Plus, every ticket gets general admission for the first five bands. Dirty Honey. Dorothy. Mammoth Wolfgang Van Halen. Aaron Jones and Foxtrot and the Get Down. MMRBQ 2021. From 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Presented by Live Casino and Hotel Philadelphia. In the heart of South Philly. Game on. We love making new friends, meeting new people, and that's what we're about to do right now. Yeah. And maybe turn you on to some new music. And the way to do that is to have it played live, in my personal opinion, I think. That's when I really am impressed. And uh, I've, I've sampled just a little bit of this gentleman's music, and I'm excited to hear more about it. Please welcome to our studio, Mr. Barnes Courtney. Yeah. Morning, Barnes. Good morning. 
How you doing? We're doing good, man. Thanks for coming in today. Thanks for having me. This place is fancy. Thank you. Yeah. We try. Yeah. Not we by try. your own doing. They just gave it to us. You have so many lights. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys hot in here? <laughs> we wanted to make you feel, you know, yeah. you like you love being on stage. I was reading I love you love you love touring. Uh, it never gets old to you. No, uh, no. I also love that you have an enormous 10 by 10 picture of me on the wall. <laughs> Just as I request, I'm not doing the interview unless there's an enormous photograph of my face. Uh, is everyone looking at it? Uh, every, everyone, please look at the picture, but don't look hey. at Warren's directly in the eyes. Do you want us to bring the lights down? Do you want us to set the mood for you? Because we can do that. That's, that sounds pretty saucy. All right. All right. Oh, you guys are actually doing it. Oh, we, oh, we can do everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's so much power in here. Uh, <laughs> Get this budget. <laughs> Listen, I uh, Barnes, I'm, I, I'm excited to become more familiar with your music. I, as I said at the top, I am not, but three things that I know you can do. You can sing, you can play, and you can write. And uh, I'm very impressed with your vocal capability. So I was reading up a little bit on you, and um, I had read, I think it was where, as a, a younger musician, you wanted to really try to have a high range when you sang, uh, but you felt that you were kind of forcing it, and you went, then you went settled into what was more natural to you. Yeah, well, I mean, from a young age, my father used to lock me in the coal shed uh, until I could produce notes of a certain pitch so that I could sing for halfpennies on the streets of Ipswich, where I spend my youth. Wow! Really? And it was that guy. there's a movie in there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's a complete lie. Oh, uh, really? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I was... Super... You were the youngest of 15. Uh. <laughs> it was very difficult. My father was a cold and calculated man. He used to brush my hair from the left-hand side every morning as he would mutter insults under his breath. Wow. Uh, that, like that's you. just a tragic life. I like you a lot. It's a, it's a tragic tale that really led to my, my music. And oh, my life. God. What an inspiring story. There's a there's a, there's a movie from Disney in this. Yes. Uh, well, anyway, where... Uh, uh, you origin- my emails. Yeah. <laughs> Originally, you're from London? I'm from just outside Aylesbury, but I grew up in Seattle, so okay. I missed out on the sexy accent. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. I can put it on, though, if I need to. You but but oh, you have oh, an please. appreciation of coffee. I do. I do like coffee. I like being awake and cognizant of the world. Uh, do you ever go back? I mean, do you still have family there? No, I'm not allowed back. In You're not time. allowed back anymore. Not since the accident, no. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I mean, but I don't want to talk about it here, you know. <laughs> I understand. You burned down the Courtney estate. We don't want to pry. Yeah. They they, they are not fans of me in the uh, Courtney Manor anymore. <laughs> Courtney <Okay>. Manor. <laughs> Courtney Manor. And on the fourth day, on the fifth moon, young Barnabas did burn down the Courtney Manor. And the stuffed giraffes were ruined. (laughs) (laughs) All the children cried in their nightgowns. Wow. I love it. Uh, And then he fled to Seattle. Uh, Yeah. Uh, okay, I don't even know where to go. Um, <laughs> I don't need to be honest. I've really digressed away from. It's all good. I appreciate it. Some people don't say anything. I love yeah, this stream no, of this... consciousness that we're getting from you. We'll take this absolutely. You actually have a connection to our last guest, Nikki Glazer, the comedian who was in here earlier. Uh, she was on Dancing with the Stars. No One way. of your songs made it on to the show. Was that this season? I saw that. My mom posted it on Facebook. I was yeah. like, Oh my god! Why didn't I think to have two enormous muscular men clapping in time in my music? video. <laughs> I was just walking down the street playing an acoustic guitar. I was like looking at that thinking, God, that is that is very, very arousing and I need to think about that more in my future work. So that'll be the muse for you from now on, muscular men dancing. Yeah, you know, I feel like I've really turned a corner in my career. That's very modern, what I do now. Um, it's, it's pushing boundaries. All right, we love it. <laughs> it really is. Uh, well, we, I, I want people to hear your voice. I want, to, I want to, them to hear you sing and play. And by the way, you have an accompaniment here. This is Agam is your uh, keyboard player. This is, this is Agam. 
Um, I don't actually know him, uh, <laughs> but he seemed pretty nice. He's okay. got his own Casio. Right. Uh, <laughs> what are you guys going to play for us? I'm going to play 99, which is my new single, Shameless Plug, Shameless Plug. Um, and I, I guess I'll just play it now. Oh, right? I'll, I'll introduce you. Yeah. Sorry, I was going to... You were so used to introducing myself. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is 99 from Barnes Courtney on MMR. Hot strung, young and dumb, yeah, we had no fear. Way back when we said we'd both be millionaires. Now those days are over, and we're all ghosts. We used to sleep all day, talk all night, stay up by the TV light, oh. Teeth ain't milky white Wipe the stardust from your eyes Oh so Come on, love will be just fine We're gonna live just like it's 1999 Back then we were trading cars behind the swings All in all, now it's money, gold and diamond rings Now those days are over, we're all ghosts We used to sleep all day, talk all night Stay up by the TV light, oh Oh no, where does it go? Well, whatever, fill your body up with chemicals. Oh, oh no, kaleidoscopes. Well, whatever, living better in the Awesome. You're just joining us. That is Barnes Courtney. While you were playing that song, I spoke to Casey over here, our producer, uh, Barnes, because I've been listening to me, but that's cool. I was listening, <laughs> but I had to take a moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's all right. You got to pay your dues. I get it. I get it. <laughs> no, I was listening to the keyboard sound that Agam was playing, and we play uh, a game here called Name That Song in Eight Bits. 
and it uses that particular 8-bit uh, uh, video game sound uh, effect. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to play uh, one real quick and see if you can... Uh, he should be able to hear everything we play in the headphones, right? Yeah. All right, I'm going to play a song for you. See if you can identify what oh, this is. God. Okay? I didn't know this would be a test. It's a <laughs> test. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. She's a good... Congratulations. What a dude, Tom Petty. Yeah. You have just won yourself a digital download of Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's available <laughs> no now. No way. Digitally on 4K Ultra HD. It's all coming up, Bonzi. Let's try another one. All right. There's more? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's try another one. Here we go. Listen. You know it. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm gonna be the man who's coming home to you. Yeah. Yes, you got that right. I'm really ginger, and I've got a brother here, and he's also equally as ginger as me. Right. Case, what do we have for? We've got a case of Yards Rival IPA right now. Am I actually winning? Is this real? We'll give it to you. Just, just being sarcastic right now. This is actually the citizenship test you never took. So. Right. Can, we, can we do one more? One more. Oh, yes. Case, which one should we? Uh, you know what? The one that you have, I love. Okay. All right. Let's try this. Last one uh, for Barnes. Oh, I know this song. Oh, I should have just quit while I was ahead. I know, I know the tune, know. but I can't play it in my brain. Yeah, I'll give you the artist. Hold on. The melody uh, should be kicking in. Right here, I think. Here we go. I got, I got nothing. I know it. it's it's a very good song. Peter Gabriel, yeah, Peter Gabriel. The name of the song is Salisbury Hill. Uh, <laughs> oh God! I can't believe I can't believe I didn't get Peter oh. Gabriel. <laughs> I got the Pretenders, but I didn't get Peter Gabriel. Uh, that's incorrect. Oh. I'm sorry, Barnes. You didn't get it right. We're gonna have so. to take back the uh, download and the beer. Yeah. So. Man, what was I gonna win? That <laughs> was like was a Prius, gonna... wasn't it? Yeah, no, that was. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately. I can't you believe I know that song. Uh, that's all right. It's because you brought me in here like early in the morning. You did it deliberately, didn't you? Just to shame me in front of all these people on the radio. <laughs> and you didn't get a chance to, you know, get ready for it and practice. I'm a musician. I'm not meant to be up at these hours. I it's understand that. Fundamentally against our DNA. I wanted to ask you about uh, writing because I was reading an article in Rolling Stone about you that said uh, you have a difficult writing while you're, uh, you have a difficult time writing when you're happy. It's better when they're things going on in your life. That's why I pay a, a troop of, of men to sort of beat me consistently <laughs> in the studio. You, you want know? to be in a constant state of misery. Yeah, like, yeah. exactly. Blunt objects mainly. Uh, <laughs> things they find outside in the street. Uh, sticks, um, stones. Yeah. But sure. No. But the Doorknobs are... in a sack. <laughs> Doorknobs in a sack. <laughs> to keep me on my toes, you know? I don't want to get too comfortable. Oranges too in a sock. Yeah, it's surprising that you're going with doorknobs instead of something a little bit more malleable. Listen, I don't tell them how to do their jobs, okay? Hey, we're, we're the professional beaters. Let us do what we do. Are you an only child? Me? Yeah. No, what makes you say that? Because only childs are usually weird. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think I, I was dropped a lot as a baby. Oh, okay. Um, I was just trying to get the root of it all. No, you you have a great sense of humor. That's what I keep telling everybody. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
Does that help things uh, keep things light when you're on the road? You, you just try to have a good time? It, it does sort of quell the uh, crippling depression that plagued <laughs> me from a young age. I didn't know we were going to bring that up for this interview. I'm sorry. Yeah. Why would you try to get you a wound? <laughs> maybe, yeah. it, maybe it's inspiring you to write a new song. Uh, possibly. Okay. You never know. All right, so what's uh, what's another song you're going to play for us this morning? Wait, I have to play two? Yes, play two. Now do I it. Got the, I got the one. I thought that was the deal. We got a sack of doorknobs right out there ready to go. Yes. All right, uh, I'll play Fire. All right, which Fire. Which is a song of mine that this? I wrote okay. with my mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, once again, this is Barnes Courtney. Yeah. Lonely shadows following me Lonely ghosts come a-calling Lonely voices talking to me Now I'm gone, I'm gone, I'm gone My mother told me, son, let it be Sold my soul to the calling my soul to sweet melody. Now I'm going, now I'm going, now I'm going. Lord, give me that fire. Lord, give me that fire. Lord, give me that fire. Burn, burn, burn. Oh, a thousand faces staring at me. Thousand times I've fallen Thousand faces did at my feet Now I'm going, now I'm going, now I'm going My mother told me, son, let it be Sold my soul to the calling Sold my soul to sweet melody Now I'm going, now I'm going Devils come a-calling, calling my name out, lost in the fire. Virginia blood is calling, calling my name out, lost in the fire. Great sound. Barnes Courtney, who is in our studio, and I didn't talk once during your performance <laughs> that Very time. Nice of you. Thank, I, thank I, you. Well, no. you won us over with the first song. We figured we'd be... Uh, 
listening he, to the full second most, most yeah, definitely. Yeah. He, he got my attention. That's By right. the way, I got a text that says, thank you. Uh, now I have to go home and change my panties. Wow. That was that was me. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow, you can text and play at the same time. <laughs> Thanks it's for amazing. finally replying to my messages. <laughs> Sending you them for over 12 months now. <laughs> Uh, how long have you been, has this current tour been underway? Have you been doing uh, the long haul? Yeah, yeah, I've been doing this for two weeks now with the Wombats. Okay. It's been wonderful. That's excellent. I like the Wombats. Um, Lemon to a Knife Fight is a really, really good song that me and my son are to- uh, into right now. Um, so... Congratulations on the tour. I actually have a deep-seated hatred for the Wombats. <laughs> now, what's that predicated thing on? is an elaborate ruse <laughs> so that I can get close to them and ruin them from the inside out. Uh, so I had talked to you briefly before the interview about another artist named Courtney Barnett, and I wasn't sure if, pe- everything she knows. <laughs> <laughs> if people mistake the two. Uh, you and her, by any chance. Oh, man, all, literally all the time I get tagged. Like, Courtney Barnett so amazing tonight. <laughs> Courtney Barnett, isn't she incredible? What a lyrical genius is Courtney Barnett. What a wonderful diamond of our generation is Courtney Barnett. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, it's free publicity for me because they've actually tagged me in all the pictures. So yeah. people will be like, I really got to check this Barnes-Courtney guy out. It's roundabout <laughs> praise, really. I yeah. mean, like, you're getting the praise. It's just not for you. She does the work, and I receive all of the action. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with that. It's brilliant, actually. Have you ac- ever accidentally woke up next to a guy who thought you were Courtney Barnett? <laughs> <laughs> so tender. Yeah, we're, we're getting married next month. Uh, <laughs> I felt too awkward to say anything about it. I'm sorry, dude. You seem so into it. I didn't want to throw you. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, he's, he's a nice man. Nice guy. You keep it, he just wrote a letter about his panties. Yeah. <laughs> well, great music already, but you won, a, won us over with your personality, so we want to send as many people out as possible to see it. And uh, Barnes, come back around and see us again when you're back in town, okay? I'll think about it. Yeah, it's great stuff. <laughs> That's Barnes Court. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so Thanks, man. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second. We have uh, writer and director Peter Hedges who is going to be in our yeah. studios. Stay put. Hey, Philly. Come socialize with us. Follow 933 WMMR on Twitter and Instagram. Or be our friend on Facebook. See photos, videos, and random behind-the-scenes stuff. Some stuff you don't want to see. Plus, it's completely safe for work. If you work here, that is. There is a big show that is taking place, and we knew we were going to have one gentleman for sure that was coming in. We have two this morning. This is a momentous occasion. Uh, uh, Call it an honor. I'd have to say because he is the best-looking 60-year-old man I've ever seen in my life. It's his birthday today. So we first want to welcome our friend Sean Wayans, who's been here on the and his brother, Keenan Ivory yeah. Wayans, is here celebrating his birthday today. Oh, this is how you do it. This is how you do it, man. <laughs> Welcome to Philadelphia. Yeah, well, now all the women in my family are going to kill you because you said my age. Oh. <laughs> and they all lie about theirs. So, oh. yeah. so you're the point of reference. Do the math, you'll yeah. catch them. Yeah. No, you look great, man. You you, you, you all do. The, the, you know, whenever we have you, you guys in, and, and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a privilege to have you here. We're, yeah. we're, we're huge fans. And uh, Keenan, we we actually have talked to you on the phone before. We never had you in the studio, so this yeah. is this is terrific. Uh, but this bill, this this idea, this show, yeah, who did it originate with? It did you all just collectively look at each other and go, "Yes, we got this," or did someone come forward with the notion? Well, everybody was out on the road individually, and Sean sort of came up with the idea to, you know, just put half the band back together. Yeah, um, and uh, have some fun. Yeah, just have some fun. So you have a you have a great roster. So it's it's you. You have Tommy Davidson and you have David Allen Greer and. Uh, 
that that to me, you know, any any two of you would be uh, would yeah. be a, a solid evening. So, what will people see? Are, are you doing separate stand up with skit stuff? How does the show lay out? No, everybody's doing their separate stand up. Right, I'm, I'm hosting, and then I'll bring all the guys out. Mm. Did you find it was hard for people to 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 you know initially after becoming familiar with uh, you through the show? Mm-hmm. To know that you guys, you know, some of you moved into stand-up, but you're, you're all really adroit, adept stand-up comedians. Is that, is that sometimes, oh, people are surprised to hear that? Well, we all started in stand-up. Yeah, yeah I, I know. I, I started out as a stand-up comedian, and so uh, it's true. As I started writing and directing, I kind of, people sort of know, knew me more for, for that. that. Um, but you know the test is once you get on stage. If if you make them laugh, then they think, oh, okay. Yeah. So well, you were you, you were on stage when, when you work. You're working as a stand-up when you met Robert Townsend, correct? Yeah. Well, yeah. when I met Robert and Eddie and all of us, we all started out at the same time and um, in the club in New York at the Improv. Yeah. And that's sort of how we, you know, started working together. And you, you. I believe, if the legend is correct, that you are one of the writers or co-writers on Raw, correct? Yeah, on Raw. I, I uh, worked on that with Eddie. I, I also produced it, and Robert directed it. <laughs> it's wild. How yeah. hot is that up on stage in a, in a purple leather suit? <laughs> it's got to... Yeah. Well, you know, Eddie was... That was his, El, his Elvis thing. Only Eddie yeah. pulled out yeah. He's, yeah. People don't remember. He was huge into Elvis oh, yeah, for the yeah. longest time. Yeah. yeah, he always loved Elvis's swag and... and he was, you know, he was the first comedic rock star. Like that's what he brought. No, no other comedian had that kind of, yeah. yeah well, I, you know, I just rock and roll. I was a kid, and I'm trying to think, like, you know, my kids in their age right now. I was 12 years old watching Delirious and mm-hmm. and Raw. I mean, that's totally not appropriate <laughs> stuff for for a 12 year old. And and as a father now, it's like, would I? You know, so I try and have to I have to gauge that stuff because of the things that I was. I'm like, all right, well, this is what I was watching when I was yeah. their age, and. I'm okay. You know, it's okay. funny. I, re- I remember that day. Oh, there's a pic- there was I a was picture. Put the picture back, back there. up. Yeah. I was back there with you guys, right? And oh, I was yeah. play- I was slap boxing with Eddie, and I almost hit him, and then security grabbed me. and was like, all right. Oh. <laughs> all right, Junior, you- <laughs> you're about to mess up this money. Go sit your ass down. <laughs> wow. So that, that, I mean, that's cool. But all, all you guys have had a um, such a, a massive effect on comedy and, and a-, a type of comedy that I love, we all love. Uh, that that is, uh, you, you helped usher it in. Eddie Murphy did as well. Uh, who comes up to you now and cites you as an inspiration? You, you ever get surprised by someone who's, who's currently working and who's seen your stuff and has was kind of weaned on it? Um, well, I mean, I don't know, you know, sort of who, yeah, who that was. But I mean, I love Dave Chappelle. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. And I thought his show was sort of uh, the next kind of evolution of In Living Color. I like uh, Key and Peele. I think they're really funny. Um, Chris Rock. Chris Rock, definitely. Yeah, you can definitely tell they were influenced by by what you guys are doing. Yeah. Um, we were talking earlier, Keenan, about um, you know, kind of going over some of your uh, uh, your life when we were announcing the, the birthdays and all that stuff. And and you did have a phase um, where you were doing some action movies and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what, what was the uh, what was the film? Uh, Low Down Dirty Shade. Yes, which is a it was a classic. A lot of fun that Thank movie. You. Yeah. Uh, as you started to do that, was there ever any any talk of turning that into a into a franchise? Um, well, no, but you know, my what happened in my career was I started out, you know, sort of by myself. Yeah, and then as my family started getting into the business, I kind of realized that 
it was either going to be all of us or one. So I decided to make it about all of us. So I kind of stepped away from acting and started to cultivate. Yeah, exactly. So, and and Sean, we were talking earlier about how you you were first on the on the show as as the DJ. Yeah, and you were, you'd also you'd already been doing comedy. You're doing stuff like that. But so from your point, Keenan, as you're seeing family member after family member. I want to do this. I want to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it a double-edged sword? Or, or you know, ha- what what do you first say to them when they come to you and they say, you as sort of the, you know, default patriarch, I want to do this. He nurtured us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My my thing with them is was as long as you're willing to work. And I always wanted them to know that it wasn't easy. And I never, I would give them small opportunities in the beginning. I never gave anyone a starring role right, who right. wasn't ready and you know I, like I said I made sure that they all put in their work and you know it's it is it, the fact that they're um where they are yeah. in their careers now is testament to the everybody fact that yeah. they you know they came in the right way right. anybody but, ever get mad at you saying hey I'm ready for my yeah. starring role <laughs> always <laughs> always yeah. when, when Damon first started <laughs> <the> DJ, man. <laughs> And you were a damn good DJ. I could play sketches too and scratch. Yeah. Hey, the guy right behind you is really talented. Right. Well, when Damon when Damon first started, I told him, I said, "Give yourself ten years." Yeah. And he looked at me like I was insane, <laughs> you know. And he was like, "It'll take me ten years." Well, ten years later, he was yeah, and he see, was ready. We say the same. I I tell like the interns and 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 people who are coming up in the, in the radio business, and, and now we've been you know it's the twentieth anniversary of the show, uh, and and I and I say, trust me, just, if you were to jump five years into the future and look back, you wouldn't believe where you were or how things have changed. Yeah. So that's very sage advice. But when you're young and hungry, yeah, it's you know, hard to perceive that it is. And you know the thing is, youth. You know, youth is something that people think everything is supposed to happen when you're young. Right. And they're disappointed if it doesn't because youth is when, you know, you you make the money, you chase the girls. you do. Yeah. That's the experience that everybody wants as opposed to being great at what you do. Yeah. And being great at what you do takes a lot more time than that. And sometimes, you know, youth passes you by. And I, I, I tell people all the time, if... If your goal is to be a CEO of a company, it doesn't matter if it happens at 20 or 60. Yeah. Right. You still accomplish your goal. Yeah. All right. So uh, you have to be a really good talent scout, right? So uh, yeah. within Living Color, were you the, the sole decision maker as far as who was on the cast and who wasn't? Yeah. All right. So it was ju- because you did an amazing job with that. And you did, you know, look at that, like all of the people that came out of there. Well, they were all, they were all people that. I knew. That you knew. Right? So we were all in the clubs together. Okay. So when I got an opportunity, it was like, who's the funniest guys I know? But like, it mean, wasn't really like a, a, a hard thing to do because I knew they were funny. You were yeah. working with people like Jim yeah. Carrey and, right. and then all, yeah. those, all those guys were, were, were yeah. paying their dues. And he knew what to do with them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, but yeah. that's, that's a key. That, that is a gift. There's, there's, you know, Lorne Michaels has that, mm-hmm. that, that ability. And, and also, who's going to synergize well with each yeah. other? But you also, your show aired at 8 o'clock on Sunday. And, you know, so, so you had a younger audience in, yes. in myself. Right. And, I mean, I just... I. I I loved it. You know what I mean? Like Ace Ventura came out. I was like all over yeah. that. Like, it got moved to eight. Started at did nine. Start, did it start at nine? At nine? Yeah. What yeah. A, uh, Parker Lewis can't lose. Uh, was that the, your, your lead? <laughs> you know, the, the Ferris like Bueller ripoff? Yeah. <laughs> I love that yeah. show, Fox, too. Yeah. Fox wanted to 
they wanted to make it an anchor show. Okay. So they moved us to eight. Okay. Did they initially, or did, because when uh, it first really, because it, it kind of hit the ground running, I, if my memory yeah. was, and did they go, whoa, we need to bump this up? Yeah, well, initially, they were very, you know, very afraid of the show, yeah. period. Like, they had no idea <laughs> they what, were you know, what, what was going to happen. But right. once, once the show was successful, then it was like, you know, every network strategy is going to be how many other shows can we launch. Right. So, you know, they... they Ended up moving us. Did they bombard you with? Um, I mean, because obviously it's it's the nature of this the, the business that you're mm-hmm. in uh, is that oh that works. Let's do nine more like it. W- were you besieged with um, uh, uh, requests for like n- spinoff style series? No, no, they they yeah. um, no n- n- nothing like that. Yeah, um, they you, you uh, couldn't do nine more right yeah, shows. You, yeah, no, but true. you had the sketches. So like yeah. Homie the Clown. All right, uh, maybe not every episode. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, well, I designed the show like that yeah. because I knew that you would burn out quick. Mm-hmm. So as we introduced a character and that character worked, then it was like, okay, we can do him every four weeks. Right. You, you know, know what's great about Homie is even if Damon got pissed off doing that character and didn't want to do it anymore, that would feed into the character. Well, the half, right? the, half the sketches, he is. He's, he's, like, he's pissed off. <laughs> well, All right, so- is, he, is he pissed, but he's... He's hitting people with such force with the sock. It's hilarious. Well, he abused Tommy and David so bad. It was unreal. Uh, I've got to ask you because uh, pertaining to that, uh, he's on, uh, uh, Damon's on the, the Lethal Weapon series mm-hmm. and just had this thing with this um, this uh, this actor that he's with. Um, what's his name? I forgot. He's, he's an a Mel Gibson role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And audio just came out. And and the guy's a complete douche, and and not not David, but uh, uh, he had that sort of that sort of dust up. So obviously he doesn't suffer fools easily. Yeah, I mean I don't I don't I wasn't there, and I yeah. don't know what really transpired. But you know I think that there's a, a just a, a age and stage in your life where you know. You're just too old for that of crap. Like that. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? you know, everyone just, becomes Danny Glover. Yeah, least. it's like you, you really are. You, you you really are. And and so you know, like I said, I wasn't there. I don't really know what happened. Well, the audio the audio says it all. This is yeah. the guy's name is Clean Crawford. Who's okay. Yeah, and, yeah. and I I thought he looked douchey to begin with with the mustache, but <laughs> it, was, it was born out. But um, yeah. with that and with the collective, and you have your people that you worked with on the show. Who's mm-hmm. It's got to be fun. It's got to be very fraternal hanging out with these guys when you're going to do these shows. You oh, know? it's fun. Yeah, with me, him, Tommy, David. When it, it's like classmates. You who's just... the most? Who's the most deranged? Who's the most? Uh... Got to be Greer. I was going to well, say Tommy. I, I, the Tommy is Tommy, Tommy is definitely he. He's the energizer bunny. Like he yeah. is. Yeah. Tommy goes from the time he opens his eyes till he falls out. He yeah. and hysterically <laughs> funny. David is sort of like the guy in the cut. David. Always has a smile, and I just feel like he sees life through funny glasses. So no matter what happens, he has the the joke. <laughs> he you know? keeps you laughing. He keeps you yeah. laughing. He I, really I, does. I half imagine that Tommy is like his uh, his character in Ace Ventura too. That the bag is brought out on stage and <laughs> opened up, and, and he jumps out. <laughs> a package of energy. Yeah. <laughs> in this day and age of reboots, uh, we're yeah. seeing TV shows rebooted. What's, what's the likelihood? We don't have a good sketch show. You know, SNL's the only thing going right now, as far well, as I, I know. I think there's absolutely a new generation. Yeah. Um, so it, it would just, I, I don't think that the the guys from the past would... Step forward, yeah. Yeah, want to do that again. But there's absolutely, you know, a new generation out there, and it would be fun. Yeah. You know, we're in, we're in a, a time now where I think 
a show like In Living Color is needed, but at the same time, it's, you know, it, the sensitivity. Can you do it? Yeah, no, that's a good question. We, we were wondering yeah. about that, about, yeah. about the... You know, President and I were having a talk earlier about, you know, the, the, like the, the comedy club or the, the theater. The, when you guys are there, that's your realm. And all bets are off. You, yeah, you should, should be allowed. Be, yeah. Yeah, there, you right. know, there's some there's safe spaces yeah. for satire and, and comedy and thought provoking. Whatever you want to do, that's your yeah. that's your palette. And it's and like there's, well, there's the, been you, there's been hits on it lately. It's the phone. Yeah. It's yeah. it. You see, because Absolutely. the people who are in the club. Yep. They paid to be there, and they want to see it. Yeah. But people who are filming, now it's going to people who didn't want to see it. You're and right. And then when they do see it, now they're, they're pissed. It's yep. never the people who were in That's the why club. I didn't want to go. See that? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Well, speaking of that, some, some, yeah. even some rock bands have adopted no, yeah. I, no I, phone. I don't think phones yeah, should get be allowed. out of here. I, yeah. I think yeah. you're there for the experience and enjoy the experience. And Well, Kevin Hart played the link, you know, mm -hmm. the, the stadium here, and there was a no phone rule for that yeah. whole show. It can be done. It's a pain in the ass. But, I mean, I, I would agree. Yes. You, you lift 100%. a clip out. You lift a sound bite out out of context. Yeah. yeah. And people are going to go apex. Yeah, it's just yeah. crazy. I heard somebody, um, and I don't remember who the performer was, saying recently, though, that they um, it's really easy to see from the stage when somebody does get on their phone. Have you guys noticed that? Like, if you're out. Up on stage, you can tell if, immediately if the light is on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you can tell, but you just don't want to stop. You're, you got to understand. Yeah. You you got people in the palm of your hand. Yeah, mm -hmm. you, you you got momentum going. Right, and you're thinking about your next thing, and you're trying to be physical, and you're trying to be in the moment. And then someone has their phone up. Do you stop your whole show to deal with this guy with his phone up, and, and then? Kill the people's. No, show. you're right. right. So you, you're going to ruin it for other people. Yeah, yeah so, no, you know it makes total sense. Sometimes um, you do, and you make him part of the show, and you <laughs> destroy him for being the idiot. Yeah, which is also the phone good. out. But yeah. you channel your Richard Pryor. Yeah, if I gotta stop, I'm gonna destroy you. One yeah. of the one of the best meltdowns to or person who's done it a few times is is the stage actress of uh, Patty Lapone. Like on Broadway, she goes out of her mind, and there's loads of audio. People do of her that on Broadway? On Broadway. Yeah. So, it's like, you're in the middle of freaking Evita or whatever, and someone's, oh you know, God. taking a selfie, and she, she will stop the production cold. It's, mm. it's pretty funny. Keenan, I have to tell you that uh, I'm going to get you, sucker, is one of the my absolute favorite movies. Thank you. Hilarious. I think, I think uh, people need to revisit it, but it's, I think it's also sort of, it's, a, it's, it's the likely. First step to getting to Don't Be a Menace, which, yes. you know, that same sort of, of comedy, uh, which which has became the style of comedy. When yeah. you were putting that together, how, how how difficult was that to pull everybody? You had a lot of, you know, uh, cameos and stuff. How, how, well, give us the idea of what that production was like. I was very lucky. I was very lucky. And um, Jim Brown really, um, he and Bernie Casey, once they came on... That then, got it done? That got it done. Uh, then everybody else was like, well, if they'll do it. And they were essential. Yeah. They, they were they were yeah. they were what Leslie they Nielsen the, was. The, yes. They yeah. were the icons of the era. And so once once I was able to bring them on board, it it, it went really smooth. And it really was it, it was an homage to them. So and the black exploitation yeah, right, movies. Those are the movies I grew up watching, and, and so did I. I they were awesome. Them. Yeah. So, you know, when I was writing it, I was writing it affectionately. So that's why I think that they responded to it. And then these guys did the same thing for their generation with "Don't Be a Menace." Right? Yeah. So, so I was on the set of 
uh, Amagichi Saka, 17-year-old boy watching his big brother do his thing and just taking it all in and going, man, one day I want to do a movie just like this. Yeah, and you did. A couple yeah. years later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Don't be a menace was born when you're there and you're around the because th- th- that that period in the seventies of the of the uh, the classic um, mm-hmm. black exploitation movies when you're around those guys who are iconic and you know Quentin Tarantino's a huge I'm a huge yeah. fan a lot of people I know we just love that style of filmmaking um, are you uh, do you get starstruck a lot are you you know oh I was I was in heaven yeah. I mean I just, you know I I couldn't ask enough questions and I <laughs> I, I I just um, like I said, I was I was a kid. Yeah. So you know, to be working with the the guys that you grew up idolizing was just it was just joyful. Let me ask you with the, with this with this tour and with this show, mm-hmm. um, any chance this would end up as something as uh, like a Netflix uh, special or, or production? Well, I mean, we're 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 definitely thinking about like I said, expanding it. And as soon as some of the other guys become available, yeah. Um, you know, my ultimate goal is to do a reunion and a big. Special behind that. Has the Netflix thing and all the, the the streaming channels and all that stuff, has that opened up? I mean, remember, Sean, we were talking about, about this. And does that present, uh, you know... More opportunities. More opportunities, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Does, it, does, it, does it also, though, make it more difficult because everyone's rushing to that now? Well, I, I think that, you know, for as long as you have a brand or a voice that you'll, you'll make your way through the clutter. I do think there's a lot going on right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the audience will decide. Yeah, because there's, I mean, there's, there's, uh, it's always a double-edged sword, yeah. you know, because it's, uh, we, we've often pointed out, people say podcasts, po- and podcasts are great, but I think last year now, the number went up, but there were 380,000 separate podcasts. Well, with, yeah. well, see, here's what's happening, is that it used to be that you had to get the biggest audience. Yeah. Now you just have to get your audience. Right. So, loyal audience. Yeah, so yeah. if you have a loyal audience, it doesn't have to be that big. I mean, right. you know, you, you have shows that they don't even have a million people. It's like back in the day, you know, like MASH, when it went off the air, was like a 60 share. That's like everybody in America is watching, yeah. right. you know, but that's not the way it is now. Yeah, now it's very to, niche. You used you to know? have to have a nine share. Now you can have a nine guy. Yeah. <laughs> what was the most recent um, <laughs> What was the most recent TV show that got canceled and there was such a uh, backlash from the fans that they were like, oh, right, we'll, we'll take it back? Oh, well, well, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, yeah. that's yeah. what it was. Yep, exactly. And, they, and what they do is they, they just, they, now it's going to end up on Hulu. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, if you're jumping in, it's uh, Sean and Keenan Ivory Wayne's here and we want to do something special because it's a special day and we have something to bring out. Uh, <laughs> for Keenan, it is his birthday today, so... And we got a cake for you, Keenan. Yes. Oh, he don't eat cake, though. Happy birthday to you. So you don't eat cake, huh? <laughs> no, I, actually, actually, I don't. But I, I appreciate the seven candles. <laughs> <laughs> it's my seventh birthday. There you go. Uh, so you can blow out the candles in there. That's why he looks like Thank you. 60. Yeah, think, they're all in great You're shape. right. You're yeah. right. So we have a special button that we have here. It's, a, it's our special. Anybody who has a birthday gets the Preston Steve <laughs> birthday boy or birthday girl <laughs> button. So Aww. we're going to give that to you. You can Thank wear you. that all day. And this yeah. means, this means Keenan, by the way, you get ice cream in the cafeteria tonight. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah.
<laughs> no, but dude, I have. If, if today's your 60th birthday and First. you just nah, slow no, down, <laughs> you just look phenomenal, man. Well, thank you. I mean, is that is that hard work or, or is it, are you just? And it has to be genetically genetic. gifted. Because you're no cake. Right. Well, you know, <laughs> no cake. They, when you when you turn 60, they just show up at your house with a bag of muscles. <laughs> 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 No, no. I, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm just living. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so. funny though when you stop and I, you stop and think about age and so on and so forth. You younger you, would you imagine you now at, at this age? I always thought I mean, I'm, I'm never going to get yeah. past 44. Yeah. I'm, that was the age I don't want to. What? For God's you, sake. Yeah. you thought he was going to die? At I did for some reason. Did you think you were going to get hit by a bus? When you're a kid, my son is 19, and we were talking about. Um, women and I was teasing him. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I said, I'm going to find me a nice young girl, 35, 40 years old. And he looked at me like, 35, 40 years old. What are you talking about? Like, yeah, it was like, like a grandmother to him. Just, right. So, yeah, as a kid, you have, you, you don't, um, it's all relative. Yeah. You, you, you don't see your, you don't see your future that far ahead. Yeah. But uh. I, I have to say that, um, Having gotten here, it's amazing because I I always thought, you know, age, you equate age with being old, but yes, it's really it's your spirit is what yes. you know. It's like I always say, how young would you be if you didn't know how old you were? So my 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 dad's my dad's eighty eight and he drives around. He's sharp as a tack. He he works out at the gym every day. <laughs> He'll be driving behind someone who's like 58. Though. Look at this old bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this old bastard. <laughs> Speed up! Well, we, we had to take my dad's car. Yeah. Oh, no yeah, because he's, he's, uh, <laughs> he's narcoleptic. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And he, he, this is a true story. He, <laughs> so he fell asleep at the intersection of the Holland Tunnel. Oh, my, oh my God. God. Wow. And backed up traffic for like it's a little busy here. all the way to Philly. Like it was all the yeah. way to Philly. Yeah, it was. Uh, wow. So that that was, that was the last. Fortunately, right. that's that's not a, a well used tunnel. A tunnel. Damn, gentlemen, thank you. Honor to have you here this yeah. morning. Thank, thank you, you thank so you much for being here. Sean and Keenan, I'm your guys. We're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Listen to all the WMMR podcasts as well as a live stream on your Alexa-enabled device. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Files. Bizarre Files is sponsored right now by Horizon Services. Right now, Horizon Services gives you 200 off a new water heater, standard or tankless, or $50 off any plumbing repair. Call now to save 800-999-1995 or horizonservices.com. In Michigan at a Best Buy, 
they got the surprise on uh, Wednesday night when a special visitor came in. It was a point buck and managed to follow a customer into the store. Uh, the team leader, Aaron Ellison, said it was wild. Where are your HDMI cables? Uh, Ellison had just happened to be near the front door at the time. She said that she didn't realize what it was at first. Uh, she and the other Best Buy, uh, the others in Best Buy, quickly determined there was a deer running freely through the aisles. She said, we put some customers in our break room back in there. Oh, they got to see what's in the break room. They said there was a lot of screaming and havoc. The deer was running through the aisles. Oh, a six-point buck at a full clip? It's dangerous. Very dangerous. Uh, it was knocking over items until it ended up in the back of the store. She said, we turned the fridges, turned we turned the fridges and used boxes and kind of gave him this aisle so that he wouldn't make it into the back into the store. It was in a panic because it was looking for CDs and they no longer carry them. Probably. Well, here's the deal. So it was they have tile in the store and the, oh. she said the deer couldn't stand or move Wow, because it was trying to move and was slipping. That's right. They do. Uh, so it eventually sat down, she said, and that's when employees moved in and ushered the deer toward the back door. I'm done. Uh, once on the carpet, he could stand again and he went right out. There were no injuries to the deer or people in the incident. You wonder where these places are, you know, how, you know, like across the parking. I, I shouldn't talk. We'll see deer in the parking lot right yeah, here. Most definitely. Yeah. And lately, the past month, every morning I see, pff, right, on minimum, at least five, and sometimes I see as many as a dozen. In the running season now? It might be running yeah. season. I'm not sure. Um, so I'm bringing up this story because we're actually, I think we're going to have somebody on from this particular team when we're in London next week. This happened in the U.K., uh, and an announcement was made that said, can the owner of a car blocking an emergency exit please speak to your nearest usher? Well, normally, the offending vehicle is not owned by the goalkeeper who happens to be playing in a soccer match <laughs> oh, at <geez>. the time. <laughs> Dulwich keeper, his name is Preston Edwards, ah. ignored the announcement the first two times that his car registration was read out over the public address system in Thursday night's match between Dulwich, Hamlet, and Premier League Crystal Palace. Who I think we're going to have somebody on from I that. I think so, yeah. yeah. Uh, and a game was set up as a fundraiser. Uh, however, when the third message stated that the car was being towed, he couldn't concentrate on the game. He's playing in the game, and they made an announcement. <laughs> His car is blocking. He turns to the crowd behind him and shouted, that's my car, <laughs> which only resulted in chants. The crowd started chanting, Preston, move your car. Preston, Preston, move your car. And that's clever. And eventually the car was safely moved by a member of the crowd. Edward said on Twitter, the first two times I ignored it, and the third time they mentioned it, uh, getting towed, that's when I panicked. He said that he had parked the car in the incorrect place because he was running late and saw no spaces. Uh, but sadly for Edwards, his team conceded five goals in a 5-0 to, to uh, defeat, defeat against Palace. Yeah, he was, uh, he was distracted. Yeah, yeah. A group of employees in Southeast China have been publicly shamed by their boss for failing to meet their sales targets. Bizarre footage has emerged showing 30 male workers stripped down to their underwear and parading around the streets in wow. the city, much to the surprise of nearby residents. Where is this? Uh, it's in China. Uh, they were uh, they were sales associates of a gym and had failed to reach their expected profit. So they marched them through the streets in their underwear. They did that, yes. Yelling shame? The scantily clad men were forced to walk, to do the walk of shame for failing to meet their sales quotas. Dressed only in their underwear, the embarrassed men were uh, filmed briskly walking in a straight line on the street. Wow. And apparently the manager said, I gladly accept the punishment handed to me by the company. 
Uh, our female staff do not need to do the walk of shame. They are required to do push-ups as punishment. Instead, he added, it's a good challenge for us, I think. Okay. According to the Article uh, 88 of China's employment contract law, employers are not allowed to humiliate and give corporal punishment to workers, Chinese government said on its website. The employers uh, will be liable for compensation if any harm is done, but... Chinese companies have been known for carrying out public humiliation rituals as punishment for uh, um, from crawling on the street to worm eating. So this is in violation of their own laws. It is, yes. Okay. But, but they do it anyway. Sort of like, is it sort of like a, a morale? So it's something, I'm looking at the footage of the guys here. It seems like they're sort of, they're, they're not totally browbeaten. It seems like they're sort of going along with it. But it, it's it's intended to shame. It's, it's a punishment is for, it? yeah. for not uh, reaching their goals. So that's what they're... they're Should we do that doing. here? Institute yeah. that here? Mm-hmm. A man ate a Tide Pod and then destroyed $7,500 worth of hospital equipment during an out-of-control hospital rampage. Brandon McVeigh began yelling loudly while smashing four computer screens during treatment for swallowing the detergent capsule at Mercy Hospital. Uh, and his alleged spree of destruction began while hospital staff were treating him. They saw McVeigh trash both his own hospital room and a hallway, police said. Uh, McVeigh was finally brought under control when police arrived at the hospital, pinned him to the ground, and placed him under arrest. Listen, you can't do that. You're a smart guy. You eat Tide Pods. A uh, report noted that the building was strewn with smashed computer equipment and debris. McVeigh was charged with second-degree criminal mischief. And uh, earlier this year, of course, Procter & Gamble, who manufactured the capsules, issued a statement condemning the detergent-swallowing trend referred to as the Tide Pod Challenge. I didn't know anybody was still doing that. Yeah, it's it's a little after the fact, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, and then one more story, and we will wrap things up. Let's go with this one. A Louisiana man was jailed this week for allegedly bilking the federal government out of more than half a million dollars. Authorities said it's one of the biggest inside thefts ever committed at the U.S. Postal Service. Jeez. Ryan Cortez was arrested <clears throat> at the North Kenner Post Office, where he serves as customer service manager. Now, a complaint alleges that Cortez stole approximately $630,000 in stamps and sold them on eBay at discount prices. Six hundred and thirty thousand dollars in stamps. How many stamps yeah. would that be? <laughs> uh, and he did so to support a gambling addiction. Okay. An investigation into Cortez was launched earlier this year. When I pay- have a stamp scheme in mind. When PayPal and eBay notified federal authorities that he had been selling significant quantities of stamps in at least one, in at least one instance, ten thousand stamps with a face value of fifty cents each were sold. For uh, 38 cents each. How much less exciting would Ocean's Eleven have been if it was a stamp theft? A subsequent investigation revealed that as Manager Cortez had increased the post office reserve stamp stock by more than $600,000. So uh, I, what I need to know is is what kind of storage. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking that's a, that's a F of a lot of stamps, right? Yeah. Yeah, they uh, they also found that he had made uh, regular ATM withdrawals at Harris Casino in New Orleans. Uh-huh. Authorities said it was determined that he had gambled and lost more than six hundred and sixty-seven thousand dollars since two thousand eleven. His gambling losses uh, from last year uh, amount to more than two hundred twenty thousand dollars, which is over three times his seventy thousand dollar annual postal salary. Dear postal God, salary. yeah. So, dear God, isn't that wild? Yeah. All right, and there you go. That is what I have in uh, this morning's bizarre file. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Make sure you stay with us. Why talk on the phone? Just text MMR at 39333. Send requests, comments, or text songs for what we're playing 24-7. The MMR short code. Always open, never busy. 
Today it's brought to you by Dermatology Associates of Plymouth Meeting, recruiting for a a vitiligo study. That's how I say it, vitiligo. That'll be to test an investigational treatment. The recruiting is for adults 18 to 75. You can register. Reimbursement may be available. More info at PlymouthMeetingDermatology.com. While I recover from the news that we've got new Tom Morello on the way later this morning, Let's take out the trash. What's going on, Steve? Well, Heidi Klum's oldest child, 14-year-old daughter, Lanai, was introduced to her biological father for the first time ever while on vacation in Italy. Lanai, who was raised by the singer Seal, reportedly hit it off with her genetic dad, Flavio Biatori, who made her feel comfortable by using a nail gun on his cheeks. Oh, oh my God. John Mayer's Beverly Hills home was hit hard by a thief mid-morning on Friday. The intruder got away with $200,000 worth of musical equipment, as well as a collection of finger cots Mayer wore while blasting Katy Perry. (laughs) Oh, my God. And finally, apparently the uh, legendary uh, Howard Hughes estate in Palm Springs just sold for $1.3 million. Yes, apparently the price had to be dropped a few times because the pool is reportedly still filled with his piss. Oh. <laughs> and that's your Hollywood track. The worst reviewed movie of 2018 is blaming the critics for the drubbing. The official Twitter feed for Gotti released an ad lambasting reviewers who are giving the John Travolta biopic drama about the notorious gangster. Uh, the film has earned a rare goose egg at a 0% score on Rotten Tomatoes. It's hard to get a zero. On Rotten Tomatoes. You uh, can get a low score, but a zero is super hard. The film, directed by Entourage's Kevin Connolly, by the way, stars John Travolta, who plays Gotti over the uh, three decades. Uh, but the apparently the uh, Twitter account said, audiences loved Gotti, but critics don't want you to see it. The question is, why? Uh, and there was a, a promo, uh, and then in a promo, the title cards declare, audiences love Gotti, critics put out the hit. Who would you trust more, yourself or a troll behind a keyboard? Uh-huh. Uh, the audience score is higher at 75%, by the way, uh, which isn't considered a love letter, but is leagues above the reviews, one of which calls it an incomprehensible mess of a movie. So the audience score is, you know, not great, but it's not zero. Like, initially, they were going to put this directly to video, home video, on demand. And then, apparently, they did start to get some good reaction to it. And that's mm-hmm. what we were saying, uh, you know, out of the deal. Now... The algorithm the Rotten Tomatoes uses to to come up with their percentages doesn't mean you know it's it's based on percentages of good ratings and they have an idea as to what they say is a good rating as opposed to a bad rating. So um, that's how you ended up with the zero percent. There was nothing they could find in multiple reviews that suggested anything good. Rotten Tomatoes, by the way, has come under fire recently. Critics wondered why Star Wars: The Last Jedi received a low score uh, following several fanboy campaigns. So. You know, it's it's not Bible, uh, but no. some people use it, you know. You should never, you, listen, if you want to see, <laughs> I know how to, for example, if a comedy falls somewhere between 40 and 60 yeah. percent, comedy's very subjective. I'm, you know, I'll, something has to be just absolutely excoriated by the press before I'll write it off completely. And even then I might see it, uh, you know, uh, home video. Well, I, I don't necessarily, I don't think I've ever allowed somebody else's review in a you know no. you know to sway whether or not I go see a movie there was a martin short movie called clifford where he played like an 11 12 year old boy mm-hmm. i remember calling up the theater to get the time of the screening mm-hmm. 
And the woman who answered said, you sure you want to see this? <laughs> At the theater. Yeah. And I was, my wife and I were the only ones in the movie theater. It was a great no, but I had fun. Yeah. And I remember it was just ripped apart by the critics. There's plenty of movies that I, I like, and I've never met anybody who likes them yes. at all. <laughs> you know, if you like it, that's yeah. all that matters. My brother and I love Pure Luck with Martin Short. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, I, and I don't know of anybody else besides he and I that love that movie. There was a movie called Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. I never met anybody that really liked it. I, I love it. I love that movie. I love that movie. <laughs> it was Jude Law. Yes. <laughs> and and uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow. And Angelina Jolie. Yeah, she was in it. And uh, Giovanni Ribisi. We had the director in yes. the studio. I have it was an autographed the... script that he gave me. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. I, I will encourage you to check out that movie. This is at the beginning of... CGI entirely CGI realized sets and I think all that I remember stuff. That. It's done like Is a forties like one, World War, War Two. Okay. Yes, yeah. yeah. Only there's a, a mad scientist that has this evil plot, and it's I, I own it. I, I have like the blue, it. I have the collector's edition. I may of watch it. that this weekend. Absolutely, Sky, I'll bring it in for you. If you I know I have yeah. it. I oh, you have it. Yeah, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. Does anybody else like Short Circuit Two? Oh I do God. not. You and I, I talked about that. Like, okay. we were kids. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Los Locos kick your ass. Los, Los Locos kick, kick your face. Los, Los Locos kick, kick your balls into outer space. space. You're right. As everybody right. knows. Everyone knows that. The chant that every every movie goer will <laughs> know right off the top of their so, head. But that's funny because we brought up Rocky Four, and Casey and I, there's a special part in our hearts for it. But you guys, as adults, I understandably didn't care for it as much. You know, but, like, when we saw that when we were 12 years old, we're like, oh, my God, there's all this punching going on, and you, it's it's a great movie. Yeah, by that point, I was on my third wife. And, uh, no, no, the uh, when it came out, it was... It, it was just, listen, I get the enjoyment. I certainly love crappy movies. Uh, yeah. You know, there's a movie I was just talking to uh, Preston about, a movie called Streets of Fire, uh, yeah, uh, which is, right. uh, it was described originally as a rock and roll fantasy. Yeah. For, but the conversation started like this. He goes, Preston, last night I saw this documentary about the making of the Streets of Fire. I'm like, you watched a documentary <laughs> about the making of Streets of Fire? Yeah, you know, I love, I love uh, making of. But I was a sucker for that movie, too. Well, you had the, the Michael Pare, who was the lead actor from Eddie and the Cruisers. Yeah. Guy who goes, he was he was Vin Diesel before Vin Diesel was around. You're right, yeah, completely inarticulate. They have yeah, right. Yeah, this has got this movie. Oh, this is gonna be great. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, Diane Lane is directed by Walter Hill, who directed The Warriors and and uh, Forty Eight Hours. Great, one of my favorite directors. And the movie yeah. looks really good. Well, and Defoe's in it, and I just love it. Yeah. It's not a good movie, but I love it. I love. Three Amigos. I know, Preston. You know how you know like Tron backward and forward. Yeah. You can quote every line. I'm the same way with Three Amigos. I don't necessarily know if that is... It is... was not a box office hit when mm-hmm. it first came out. But it, became, it was not a critical hit. It became a beloved, beloved. Yeah. comedy and film you guys, of its era. And I know you're not alone. I, uh, yeah. You hate Top Gun. I love it. I yeah. lo- Well, know, these are but, bigger movies. Top Gun was a huge yeah. movie. Yeah. It was a huge Clifford hit. was not a huge hit. <laughs> right, right. I'll give you an Captain example. Run. <laughs> Captain <laughs> Run was not, not so a big. huge hit. That was a but terrible I, movie. But I love it. You do. I do. I've never with, seen with it. With Kurt Russell. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, by the way, my wife and her entire family adore Captain Ron. Seriously? They would have Captain Ron viewing parties. <laughs> it is about this sociopathic captain who has this family. I believe the, uh, the Martin, Short. Martin Short is the, is the father of the family. I forgot who the mom was. It was a hot mom. She, yeah, she was hot. Uh, she might have been... Well, for, anyway. It was a well-known actress. Yeah, but, um, and it's just, one. It, for, for me, it's like overboard. 
There's a lot of uh, Martin Short in this equation, by the way. Yeah. He, he, Martin, <laughs> he's done some bad movies right, that so are here, great. By the way, Mary Kay Place was the wife. That's in, it. And uh, Captain Ron. All right. What about Billy Madison? Uh, I've never seen it. Okay. I've never seen it's, it. It's pretty terrible. Yeah. Uh, it, it's but I, kind of Adam Sandler stage. And it's, yeah. it's cartoony. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of that. It's baby talk. It's Adam right. Sandler at the height of Adam Sandler SNL era. Uh, and it's bad, but it's got Darren McGavin in it and some moments that are hilarious. And I watched it over and over in college, and therefore I love it. But it's, it's not a good movie. No, it is not a good movie, but it's a fun movie. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and, and I, enjoy, I enjoy parts of it. Um, that's My Boy. Yeah. Is a terrible movie. Now, which that I really, think, that's where he uh, plays the kid, like the Mary Kay Turnau story. Mm-hmm. So Adam Sandler, when he's a, a kid in school, has sex with the the actress played by Susan Sarandon's oh, right. daughter, okay. Preston. You know, super yeah. hot. Oh, my God. She's, yeah. She's and, and so uh, the movie is terrible, but yeah. it's, there are moments. All right, here, so here, Adam Sandler will be a common um Factor in yeah. a lot of these films. Yeah. I saw a text come through, and I have to agree with this. And you guys probably have never seen the movie, but Airborne. Yes, Airborne is, and Marissa has seen it as well. Who's in it again? Seth Green is in it. He plays cousin Wiley. <laughs> Jack Black. Jack Black is in it. Yeah. He plays like uh, he's part of this like a whole group of guys. <sighs> and the movie is about this kid from California who has to move in with his aunt and uncle I in did like see it. Cincinnati. Yeah, fish out of water. So you know, it's, it's a common theme in a million mm-hmm. movies. But yeah, I, yeah there's this opening scene case. I think it's the opening scene where they have that uh, they're going like downhill skating in in the hills of Cincinnati. Well, that's that's actually the closing scene. Is it okay? I'm sorry. That's, yeah, that's the the final in the, the mountains of Cincinnati. It's like the devil's no, backbone or something like that. In it's, the hills, it's this is the critical race, Steve. It's oh, a yeah. really important part of the movie. This is the one where he wins over all those a holes. Yes, yeah. this, this is rad. No, no, airborne. Rad was bad too. Airborne. <laughs> Somebody texted and said rad. I don't remember. But rad, rad, rad came out at a time. It, it was a pinnacle. Like it was mid '80s, where like BMX biking was was a, a like big. Glee in the cube. Yeah, yeah Glee yeah. in the cube. I think kind of led the way on that. Right. Yeah. 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 All right. I have a movie that that uh, that wasn't that long ago that I've never met anybody who really liked it. I thought it was a sweet movie. Uh, it's called The Big Year. It's Steve oh, Martin, Jack yeah. Black, and Owen Wilson, and it was it was positioned as a roaring comedy. It is not. It's not a comedy. It's a sweet. <laughs> it's film. cute. I agree. It's cute, it's, and I liked it a lot. I don't say it's, it's great, Kathy. It's about bird watchers. Oh, jeez, I really <laughs> that one. She's on board. Uh, but I thought I thought it was sweet, and it, and it just it tanked big time, and nobody liked it. It's a, it is a sweet. Sweet yeah. is the perfect word. It yeah. is not a guffaw generating movie. No, not at all. Uh, so we're getting a number of calls. To- I will go to Joe. Hey, Joe, good morning. Good morning. You guys rock. Thanks, Yay! Joe. What's up, bud? What do you want to throw on this list? <laughs> One movie that I absolutely love, and I've encountered people that it's either heads or tails, you love it or you hate it, is Big Trouble Little China. Big Trouble Little China with Kurt Russell. That's become a cult classic. It's a cult classic. Yeah. So it's a John Carpenter film. It was actually released with a lot of fanfare. So it's not one of these. Well, I never, you know, uh, um, never heard of it, like Clifford. But it, um, yeah, you're right. There, there. You just split right down the middle on that one. Some people think it's overly cartoonish, uh, and uh, and Kurt Russell's sort of playing a non-hero hero. Yeah, he's positioned I as a hero in the movie, but he's not really. I love that movie so much. Now, other movies that from that time are like the Mortal Kombat movies that are so bad, they're good. Mortal Kombat? I just love that movie. I don't know why. I just absolutely adore it. No, dude, you're right. I, I, I Listen, I have I have the collector's edition or whatever the hell of it, it is because it's, it's over the top. 
Street Fighter was a bad movie. Street Fighter is terrible. Oh, it was a but bad I movie. love it. <laughs> you, love I it? Lo- you know what I love? Here's one that was a t- terrible movie. Cliffhanger with Stallone. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. He spends 90% of the movie on top of mountains in a wife beater. Yeah. <laughs> but it's got Lithgow, you know, and I, I like it. It's terrible. It's but terrible. It's, I like I it. You know who's like in it? it? Your, your girl from... Maggie uh, yeah. from uh, Northern Exposure. It's yeah, the yeah, only yeah. reason I like the movie. She was hot. Uh, Preston, Janine you, Turner, I Janine think. Turner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who yeah. has apparently dry eye syndrome. That's the commercials. Yeah, yeah. yeah and you know what? Uh, Rooker's in that movie, too. Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 Um, You've met my aunt, my aunt, my aunt Susan, and she yes. uh, has access to some pretty cool things in L.A. And one year she got uh, access to a premiere, which, uh, as we all know, are, they're, they're kind of a big deal. So my mom flew out to Los Angeles, and this was like first class all the way. Right. My mom wanted to be a part of it. The movie, turns out, was one of the worst movies of all time that was ever made. And Steve, I want to hear your impression on yeah. it because it was Ishtar. Now, okay. now my mom loves it because she sat in the movie theater at, uh, it was either Grauman's or the one in, uh, in um, Westwood. doesn't matter. And and she sat with my aunt, saw this movie. Dustin Hoffman was there. They sat behind O.J. and Nicole Brown Simpson. So wow. it's a big deal, but it's apparently one of the worst movies of all time. I've never even seen it. So I believe it's unfairly vilified. It has Dustin Hoffman and Warren Beatty. They're these sort of like club lounge entertainers. And they're in the Middle East. The story's too complex and Charles Grodin's in it too, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's and Elaine May, I believe, was the uh, writer director. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's funnier. I liked it. It's fun. yeah. right. <laughs> it's a fun movie. You know why I liked it? Is because it? the songs they make up are so <laughs> terrible. Bad. They're just horribly bad. <laughs> but you have you have Hoffman and you have Beatty. And it should have been better than it was because of the name. Of the pedigree. Yeah, but yeah. it's certainly yeah. not, deser- like, for example, there is a movie that is constantly pointed to. Now, this is not exactly in the realm of what we're talking about. <laughs> but a movie called Heaven's Gate, directed by Michael Cimino, yeah. who directed Deer Hunter. It is considered a staggering bomb. Yeah. It's a pretty good movie. I yeah. never saw it. Yeah. I never saw it. So for a little while there, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, could he could do no wrong in my eyes. And then the last action. No, I love that movie. Yeah. I do. Ah, okay. I do love that movie. And I knew you were going to say that. But that one... I, I don't get. It. I think it's a fun movie. So you you all right, so the, the, that, the that's villain a, in that's that a, like he's he's really scary. But you have to remember, that's also again that's a big budget movie that got a lot of press. Yeah, that that it can be divisive. What I don't like about it is that um, they were just trying too hard. Like he had the the animated cat as the partner or, or whatever. <laughs> and, and uh, it, it, we we got it, but it was it just it just didn't fire the way it should have. Kathy, you got anything you want to add, or is there? I don't. It's mostly porn. I think every movie I like, you guys would hate. Yeah. Really? <laughs> well, you like critically. Uh, there are no. I'm sorry. There are critically acclaimed movies co- that come out that we love that you can't stand, like History of Violence and uh, Boyhood. Right. Oh, yeah, but I just didn't La La like... Land you hated too. Right? I didn't like. No, no, I liked La La Land. I liked that a lot. No, the other one, Manchester by the Sea, I thought was. Funny. No, it just was. It was boring. I was. Bored. I, I loved it, but I can I can clearly understand why. Pe- for example, you know, talking about big li- big uh, uh, trouble, trouble in little China, I completely understand why people wouldn't wouldn't like it. Yeah, but you like it, and you sort of been hushed, like you know, like pressing, like with this. Did you see Ishtar? Right, right, right exactly. Uh, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. But, but yeah, very yeah, rarely I will I meet anybody like that would agree <laughs> right. that, that, yeah, it wasn't so bad. Yeah. You and I, we <laughs> have that in common. We kind of sync up on a lot of this stuff. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go to Alyssa. Hi, Alyssa. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Hey, what's up, Alyssa? 
Nothing. Have you ever seen the movie Untamed Heart with Marissa Tomei? Yes. I was actually kind of obsessed with that movie for a okay. little while, to be honest. So was I, and I played it for my boyfriend like two months ago, and he said it was the worst movie he's ever seen in his life. He is wrong. Baby, it's, a, it's a love story. It's, it, it is. It's a sweet movie about. It's. Uh, explain the story, Preston. Christian uh, Slater's in it. As by well. the way, I I fell in love with her. Yeah, Marissa yeah, Tomei from, yeah. from that movie. <laughs> they live in oh, yeah. Minnesota. Uh, she's she is a she's a girl who can't find a guy. She just has a bad boyfriend experience left and right. And she meets this this guy that works at the diner where she works. He's a dishwasher. He doesn't speak to anybody. He was an orphan. He had a heart problem. Right. And they're an unlikely couple that end up together. He saves her from being raped. And doesn't he believe he has... He, he had, believes he, the, the, yeah. these orphans told... Uh, the, these nuns in the orphanage told him that he had a baboon heart. Yeah. yeah. They, she, this, <laughs> this woman had told him this story and over and over when he was a little boy that his father was a great adventurer and that uh, he tried to steal these enchanted rubies from the, right. the gorilla king, from the baboon king. Just to engage the kid and keep him... Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he believed... And he had actually had a heart transplant. Yeah. But he believed that he had a baboon heart. But he was he was a is an orphan and he didn't know any better and uh, it's a sweet story it of, is. of pure love and that's it so that's what it's about Alyssa it's a good movie yeah so can you just call out him <laughs> what's his name what's his name let him know he's got bad taste what's his name Alyssa Tim Tim you have, you're, you're a horrible person. Yeah. And you have the best girlfriend in the world. Yes, you do. Buy her she something. She knows what love means. Yes. I, I fell in love with Marissa Tomei in that movie. No question. What about Topic? Cutting Edge. Topic. I like that movie. Too. I know. I love that movie. I like that movie too. <laughs> it's great. What's not to love? I'm a, I'm a softie. I am. Ice castles. Oh man, ice castles. She's blind. <laughs> How's she doing How that? How's she doing that? Oh, what? Does she fall over the? Uh, yeah, the flowers. The rose, okay. she, she goes flying into a wood chipper. Uh, <laughs> Steve. Yeah. How about this made-for-TV movie, The Other Side of the Mountain? I love that movie. I love that movie. I, it sounds familiar. The skier. Yes. 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 Becomes paralyzed. Oh yes. My God. My sister loved we that had, movie. We taped that off of uh, off of TV on the VHS. Ma, yeah. where's my other side of the map? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me. Go I to... used it for the graduation video. Uh, let me go to. All right, I'm going to go to some unlikely ones. Ones we haven't heard before. Hi, Eric. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey, Nick. Yeah. I love you. Oh, oh I wow. love It's beautiful. So special. Uh, Eric, a movie that you love that you really don't know anybody that likes. I get so much crap for this, but 1993's Super Mario Brothers starring John Leguizamo as Luigi and Bob Hoskins as Mario. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, by the way, you also have a Dennis Hopper. Yeah, as, it's, it's pretty bad. Uh, it, is, it is horrible and wonderful. Okay. You, you picked a perfect choice, Eric. So that movie, Preston, you brought up Street Fighter. Thanks, Eric. It's, yeah. a, it's a similar. So Street Fighter was a little bit more uh, dramatic in tone, obviously, right. but still laughable. Uh, but it's just this movie is is a mishmash of crap. This is when they were still trying to figure out how to port popular video games into successful movies. Right. They must have spent dozens of dollars on the special effects. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. never I never made it all the way through it. It's horrible and, and, and wonderful. And I love the girl, the main character, um uh I forgot the actress's name. I um damn it. I, I have a total crush on her. I forgot who she was. Um I saw a text came through about a movie that I really didn't like. I wasn't sure if you guys the only thing I liked was uh, Dan Aykroyd's penis nose. 
uh, but uh, nothing but trouble. Do you remember that movie? It had all of the heavy hitter um, comedic actors in. It was like Aykroyd and Chevy Chase. Oh, what's the yeah. plot? What's the plot? Um, There's like a haunted house we, involved, right? Yeah, kind of. So what happens is uh, Chevy Chase's like car yes. breaks down. Right. It, 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 it's all, yes. Uh, now I do remember it. It's it's. Um, Continue. What was it? The, you know, I and so the car breaks down. So they have to go to this house, and it, and inside the house, it's like. Really weird, creepy people, and you know, uh, like you said, kind of haunted house <coughs> stuff going on. To me, more and John Candy were in mm-hmm. it. Too. Yes, I, I, yeah, I didn't it's, like that one. It's horrible. Interesting. You know, it's one that's similar to that, Preston. Huh. The one where uh, Modern Problems. Yep. Where he gets doused, Chevy Chase gets doused as you know, radioactive uh, um, liquids do wonderful things for you if they you watch do. the movies. So <laughs> it basically gives him all these incredible powers. Yeah. yeah. It's like Zapped. Yeah, Dabney Coleman was in Right, right. I liked it. It was, you know. It's crap, but yeah. it's fun crap. I, I think there's one that I like that you guys don't, but I don't remember if you do or not. Uh, the Burbs? Yes, I just watched it. Okay. I watched it last weekend. Right. It's with uh, with uh, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, yeah. And and uh, Bruce Dern. Yeah, yep. and uh, Henry Gibson. And uh, and yeah. uh, uh, Corey Feldman. Yes. Corey okay. Feldman's the young rock kid. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, let me go to uh, John. John, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, what's up, buddy? Uh, horrible, horrible movie from the early 90s. Mm-hmm. But one of my favorites, uh, North Shore. It's not a hard I movie. I love North Shore. It's not I have not I seen North Shore. Move to Hawaii, man. Laird Hamilton plays the main bad character in that really? movie. Yeah, who's uh, the main good guy? Burkhart uh, was his name. Burkhart Bur- <laughs> breaks boards, Hallie, like for fun. <laughs> I can quote that movie left and right. Uh, the main character is a kid. Who you know he was in that movie with Corey Feldman, uh, where he was. Oh man, is this is this it, Preston? Is it 1987 North Shore? Yeah, that's it. Who yeah, is it? Nia. Yeah. Scroll down. Matt Adler is the main character's name. Gregory Harrison is in it. He oh. plays his mentor, Gregory Harrison. Uh, but you'll recognize this kid, Steve. We're looking at the video uh, of the uh, <laughs> of the film here, and he's. Uh, uh, they're not showing him, of course. Right, I know now. who it is. He was in. Um, uh, he was in Team Wolf, right? Uh, no. He was okay. was he in the TV? Oh, yeah, he was. He yeah, was he his was. friend. Yeah, he, he was, was the friend, friend who was like, oh, I, I do know really, this guy. Yeah. Yeah. He, but, I think he was in the TV version of, um... Dream a Little Dream. That's the movie he was in. Okay. He was a bad guy in Dream a Little Dream. Uh, John, you're not alone. I like that movie. <laughs> how, how, how dumb is that kid who... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, he's an idiot. No, you're right. He, he wins a wave pool contest for surfing, and then he's like... Hey, let's go to Hawaii. Man. Yeah, let's go to the North Shore. It's got to be exactly the same. And but you know who's in it? Who? Uh, who? The gorgeous uh, girl, Nia uh, Peoples. Nia Peoples uh, is in it. Peoples she's is people. Yeah. yeah, she's phenomenal. This yeah. made me think of, um, and I can't remember the name of the movie, but of Beth- Bethany Hamilton, the girl who got her yeah. arm. What's the name? Soul of- Surfer. Soul, Soul Surfer. Surfer. I mean, I watched there it you go. a thousand times because Jace was so into it. But I, I actually like it. It it's- is. It is a wonderful movie. I like it. Uh, we'll go and next. And you know, it's Hercules who saves her at the beach. <coughs> Kevin Sorbo. You're right. Yeah. Uh, Andrew's on the line. Hey, Andrew, good morning. Good morning. You guys rock. Hey, oh! guys, Andrew. What's up, bud? Uh, I'm a huge Sean Connery movie uh, a, a fan, but uh, the, a lot of people gave me a slack for The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen with Sean Connery. It was ripped was apart. His, I, I love yeah. it. I love it, too. I love it. I, I think it was one of his last films because Alan I think Quartermain. it was a bust, yeah. and uh, it was entertaining. It was funny. Um, it was a lot of action. I never gave uh, it the it time of day. I By the really way, didn't. Alan Moore was uh, the one who wrote that. He uh, wrote it. The graphic novel. Hated the movie. Yeah, of course. Uh, he and, hates uh, everything, but, yeah. uh, but I, no, I agree. 
it has. By the way, it has some great special effects. Yeah, it has yeah, the the story is you have you have uh, a Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. You have, um, you have uh, Alan, Dracula's Bride. Yeah, you have Alan Quartermain. Who was the girl that was really cute in that movie? Um, the Dracula check. Uh, the Dracula girl. Yeah, that's um, Peter um, Wilson. Yeah, from Peter um, Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's her name. Yeah, and then you have uh, you have uh, uh, Captain Nemo, Nemo and uh, yeah. Tom Sawyer, yep. and uh, a lot of these literary characters, and they all Kane, come together. Kane West was in that movie, actually. I think he was. Yes, uh, he was. Um, he was the guy with the with the rifle. He was he was the actual. He was the. the it was Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer, the, yeah. the uh, working with Quartermain. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a cool movie. movie. Yeah, I, yeah I, I, I loved uh, my favorite character, and that was Captain Nemo. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, thanks, man. You're not alone. You're not alone. You people are not alone. <laughs> Should I make the call? Because I know it, it, it's you might as well. It, it's almost like picking up someone at a bar. Did you ever see League of Extraordinary <laughs> right. Gentlemen? We have something in common. A horrible movie that only you like amongst your friends. I'm going to go to Ryan next. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Godzooks. Godzooks, buddy. All right, go ahead. Confess. Uh, okay, so I might like, just because like I'm like 28 right now. I think everyone who's like my age, the, the Space Jam is probably objectively bad, but I love it. Yeah, but you know what? Again, it's it's of your age, you know. So yeah. it's kind of like you didn't know any better. Well, there were movies that were targeted for me when I was at a various age that I thought stunk. I mean, yeah. I was I was always able, but to me, you know me, I love. I just love movies, and I I embrace crappy movies. Space Jam was one I could not get into because <laughs> I was such a core Looney Tunes fan of yeah, the you're original. A purist. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was sort of a um, a hybrid. Yeah, while I appreciated what they were doing, and this is a you know this is if you're talking about you know combining uh, live animation uh, live actors with animation, they did a great job, but it just did nothing for me. Yeah, but. You like it, You Brian. like it. That's it's all that okay. matters. Yeah, I didn't yeah, care I for the, the bastardization of those characters that I love so much. Were there, were there uh, like, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Is They were they got a little bit closer to the original source stuff. Right. There were sequels to Space Jam, were there not? I think so. Was there yeah. one, one sequel or another? I think there was. And then they were talking about remaking it with um, LeBron. Yeah. Uh, Chuck D'Amico has texted me uh, several movies. <laughs> Why is he walking um, down here? Uh, I don't know. Maybe he's downstairs. Uh, Ford Fairlane, he says, guilty pleasure. Ford Fairlane has Gilbert Gottfried playing a shock jock, oh like a God. Howard Stern type uh, TJ yep. that they always that we call shock jock. Um, it's it's terrible. I do like it as well. That movie was directed, by the way, Preston, by Rennie Harlan, who directed Die Hard 2, but also directed a really crappy pirate movie called Cutthroat Island. I don't remember. Yeah. With Gina Davis. That was and one of the biggest Matthew bombs. Matthew Modine. Yeah. It was a huge bomb. By the wow. way, I don't like Die Hard 2. I, I love you it. Do. Uh, I do. Yeah, I didn't mind Die Hard 2. Yeah. Yeah. Rack them and stack them, man. All right, yeah. uh, here's a couple other from Chuck. Uh, talk Radio. I liked it just because I was into radio. And it's a good movie. Uh, and Clue, he says. I like Clue. I like Clue. I like Clue. It's a fun movie. Uh, somebody texted and said the movie Jack Frost. Yes. Oh my god. With Michael Keaton. Oh it's no. it's terrible. Oh, it's horrible. Um yeah. I'm that's, try- that's do, a bad am movie. I fondly remembering it or am I loathing it? I'm trying to figure out where I stand on that. Uh, Maybe I enjoyed it a little bit. Uh let's see. Who's been on hold a long time? All right, I'll go to uh let me go to Tyler. Hey Tyler, good morning. Hey, good morning to you guys. You rock, man. Thanks, man. Oh! What what's the movie that only you like? So, I don't know if any of you guys have heard of this. I think it was made for TV. It was late 80s, early 90s. It's called Shockma. What is it? Shockma? Yeah, Shockma. It's about, it's about a crew of uh, hospital workers working late night. 
they, they're playing like some radio D&D game and a murderous baboon goes on a rampage. <laughs> Dude, I'm on board. I am on board. You had me at murderous yeah. bamboo. Yeah, baboons. Even bamboo would be cool. Oh, bam- I thought he said bamboo. <laughs> no, baboons. Oh. Uh, this is the slowest monster I've ever seen. I have never heard of that. Interesting. Shockma. Okay. Yeah, I highly recommend you look it up. It's a great movie. All right, movie. I'm it's done. Deal. I'm ordering it right now on Amazon. Thanks, Tyler. He's, he's probably not kidding about that. Interesting. I'll, uh, thank you for being on Hold Gang. We're not going to be able to get to your calls, but there's a list of other ones that people are saying. Kung Pao, Enter the Fist. Yes, that's... Dream a Little Dream. I'm going to do these before yeah. they disappear. Thunderball, Mystery Men, Snakes on a Plane, and The Labyrinth. Those are all good choices. Others. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what is this for bird watching Oreo creating listener? Oh, the guy who created the, the Oreo said, Preston, the big year was based on a true story. My friend Greg Miller is actually the guy who uh, Jack Black portrays in the movie. Wow. Oh. This is the guy we had him for Not Your Average Listener. He created that uh, wow. that Oreo flavor. Yeah. He said, thanks for putting a smile on my face. Now I got to watch it tonight. Know. All right. Anyhow, thought it was an interesting conversation. Gotti, 0% at Rotten Tomatoes. But you never know. It might, it might be one of your favorite movies. Absolutely. Who knows? All right. We got to take a break. We'll come back in a moment. Stay put. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Installing brand new carpets shouldn't mean putting your life on hold. Enjoy a simplified installation experience at the Home Depot by licensed local professionals with an unbeatable selection of affordable styles, colors, and fabrics that are durable and low maintenance, including options that are odor and stain resistant. And right now, you can get your carpet installed for free. Get started today at the Home Depot. Free carpet installation on purchases of $4.99 or more. No square foot minimum. Excludes in stock styles. U.S. only. See store for details. 